Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Hello retro movie lovers and welcome back to the movie graveyard. We got a real gem tonight, uh, a somewhat modern movie by our standards, but still over 20 years old now, pretty much. It's become a, a real classic. I would say cult classic, but I think this movie's big enough that we can, you know, not call it a cult classic, but like an actual classic classic. And uh, to break it down with me is one and only lucky number 30, Zach from Mac and Zach Save the World. What's going on? Yeah, boy. What's up? This is I'm here, and yeah. this, it's fucking it's dank. I'm at the movie graveyard. That's right. Gotta... Yeah, see, I, I told him I was like, I got a stipulation though. You gotta let me sodomize all the bodies before we bury them in the graveyard. Oh, he yeah. said I can, so yeah. I'm here to do it, babe. Yeah, all the cinematic uh, corpses—they've <laughs> all been defiled. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Many times at this point. But yeah, we're going to go ahead and get rolling uh, on the uh, commentary here. Uh, we have it paused uh, at the very beginning, the, the one or two second mark. It's the very beginning of the torch of the Columbia logo. So when mm -hmm. I say one, two, three, go, hit play on your guys' remotes. I can't wait to talk about this movie. All right, everybody, remote in hand. One, two, three, go. All right. Hell yeah. Look at that it always beat. makes you wonder, don't it? It does. What you got under that toga? Probably a big bush. <laughs> Hell yeah. So what did you think of this? I remember I brought it up like, oh, we should do uh, Idle Hands. You ever see that movie? And you're like, I think I did back when it came out. Yeah. Uh, I need to watch it again. And you watched it again. What did you think of it? You know, honestly, because I think at the time that this came out, it was during my Evil Dead 2 phase where I was obsessed with evil dead 2 and i bought the dvd and like there's like this one summer where i watched evil dead like literally like evil dead 2 like every week so like when this movie came out i was kind of like ah oh, this is like some evil dead fucking whatever you know what i mean like mm -hmm. like i definitely got that it was supposed to be a comedy but like i was like bothered by it not being like that original or whatever mm -hmm. but like now that i watch it and especially because like nothing like really like this comes out anymore at all like, horror is still around, and it's still good, but it's become very, like, nerdy, serious horror, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate it. By the way, like, re-watching this, this might be, uh, when I watched this the other night, this might be my first time watching it since the theater. I want to say I rented it, like, one more time when I worked at the video store, because mm -hmm. there's, like, so much that I remember from this movie that I don't think I would have remembered if I really had only seen it that one time. But the yeah. one thing I didn't remember at all that I love was that opening credit sequence was dank, man. Hell yeah! It was so fucking good. Like I was watching it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" Like the distorted faces and the blood, and just like I don't mm -hmm. know, like yeah. But I got the the brand new Screen Factory uh, Blu-ray, and uh, mm -hmm. they uh, they put uh, on the DVD they put the original commentary recorded back when it came out for the original DVD. Uh, the Seth Green, uh, Eldon Henson, the other uh, stoner character friend, and the director. And uh, on that scene, Seth Green said something like. Hey, you guys ever see that movie Seven? That's a good movie. He's basically uh, pointing out that the, the opening credits were a ripoff of the opening credits of Seven because right. that movie was big at the time. But yeah, I, do you remember like any controversy behind this movie? You know what I remember about this movie was like 
how bad it flopped because it it came out like a week or maybe like a week and a half after Columbine happened. It did, exactly. Yeah, and I remember people being like, this is in poor taste. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, well, I go to see every horror movie. And, um, you know, obviously Columbine was a tragedy and all that. But, like, like I'm actually one of those people, like, I don't believe in letting the terrorists win. You know what I mean? So so I wasn't going to skip Idle Hands just because, uh, you know, some people did some bad shit somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Like for some people, it puts like uh, the like uh, it just puts like a bad situation on everybody. Where it's like, oh yeah, this just happened. I don't want to go out. It just puts them in the mood where it's like I can't go out and enjoy a movie this yeah. weekend or whatever. And uh, yeah, it also like uh, uh, I, I forget uh, they did like in the Senate or something. They were talking about like you know violence in movies and what it does to kids and i i don't remember i think like i've heard it was john mccain maybe but apparently he brought this movie up by name and said like in a couple days this movie idle hands and he characterizes it as a damn movie about a boy who comes to a school dance and kills all of his classmates and i'm like that's kind of that kind of happens in a way but that's not really what happens. <laughs> that's a description you would get from somebody who hasn't seen the movie for sure exactly but i yeah like like i just really remember like i don't know like it it really was a weird time that it came out i would say the only time that i remember where like something happening made me like you know like uh like like on a movie Mm-hmm. Was um it was a little more directly related to this, but then this was the Columbine. But was when that uh was Dark Knight Rises came out and the guy shot up the movie theater. Mm-hmm. So my local theater was the same like chain or whatever Cinemark, and like the theater here looked almost exactly like the theater there. And then, like, they mm. kept showing, like, the, the popcorn buckets, like, spilled over in the parking lot. And it was, like, the same popcorn buckets we had and all that. So, like, I went and saw the movie eventually. But, like, I waited, like, maybe two or three weeks. You know what I mean? And I remember, mm. it, it like, it freaked me the fuck out because it was, like, one of the bigger theaters. And, like, it was, like, stadium seating. So, like, I went and sat all the way in the back. And I mm. it was, like, daytime. So, like, there was light outside. And you know how that dude like let like went out through the exit door and came back in through the exit door and shot everybody? Well, mm-hmm. when I was watching it, like the door, the exit door for some reason was, which it never ever is, it was barely cracked open and I could see the light coming through. <laughs> it fucking, mm-hmm. it, it gave me a weird feeling, dude. <laughs> yeah, because like it's a weird yeah, to be, like, be scared out of movie. And like I never like get that type of fit. Like I'm I'm totally not the kind of guy who gets like goosebumps on the back of my neck really like for shit. But that was a very eerie fucking feeling. Like mm-hmm. to, to let everybody know how big of a flop this was, the budget was twenty five million dollars, and the opening weekend it made a million point. Well, it made one point eight million. Yeah, and the whole gross overall was four point one million. So yeah, it was a big flop. It is really weird too, because uh, basically the, the what, what I kind of read, the reason they had to go ahead and release it was like they basically did all the shit for it. Like they did the whole junket where everybody does the press reviews. They did, they did like yeah, all the actors did the press reviews, and they already spent all the advertising money. Mm-hmm. So it was like to pull the movie like literally ten days before release after you basically spent ninety percent of your like advertising budget, like. Yeah, that'd be hard, you know what I mean? And, like, it's not like everybody knew for a fact when Columbine happened that people would be, like, 
oh, don't go see this movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but um, but I also think too, like I kind of wonder, in all honesty, how great this movie would have done anyway. Because I don't think a lot of people, especially, I think people would get it more now if it came out. But back then, like people weren't really like, even though it was after Scream and all that. People really weren't into, like, crazy, over-the-top horror movies like this. So, I mean, I think at best-case scenario, this could have made, like, maybe 10 or $15 million. I don't think... Like, I saw what you saw, that the budget was 25 and, like, I kind of questioned that. Especially because mm. a lot of these actors were, like, pretty unknown at the time. So, but I was like... And all honestly, like, it's pretty much a one-location movie. They're, like, they're in Devin Sawa's house for, like, 90% of the movie, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, other than the really awesome special effects for when the guys walked around was decapitated hand, or, I mean, head. Like, I mm-hmm. kind of don't know where they spent the money on this fucker. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard telling. But I do like how it opens with the parents. Like, you don't even know who these people are. And, like, mm-hmm. they see the black light shit on the, the root of the ceiling that says, I'm under the bed. Like, that is, like, a good fucking, like, hook for a horror movie. You know what I mean? Creepy, yeah. This is one of those movies where the, the main character has a, an attic bedroom. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, like truly a dusty-ass attic. <laughs> yeah, like, a, movies like Brain Scan. Yeah. And, like, you know, fucking Trick or Treat. And, yeah, everybody mentions, like, oh, we all wanted the attic bedroom as kids watching these movies at least eddie furlong in, in uh, brain scan though he had like a million dollar penthouse in his attic like he had like state-of-the-art computers fucking devasawa is like living in the rafters in like trash literally exactly <laughs> like he's got to walk through the lay of the little like crossface like ladder shit but mm-hmm. I, but i gotta say i think this is kind of genius too to be all honesty with you like i don't i don't know how this read for you zach but it's like you know, like, all these horror movies, like, they would always start out, like, oh, there's just some random killing that has nothing to do with anything. And then it always cuts to, like, who the main, like, teen characters are. Like, when I was watching this other night, when they first showed Devin Sawa, like, wake up in the attic, I didn't even, like, realize it until he came down and the blood was on the floor that it was his parents who got murdered. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. I just thought, like, I figured those were, like, the neighbors or something. Yeah, I was wondering why is she going to the fucking attic and going like, "Are you up there? Yeah, or just leave the house." <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's listening to Rancid. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, this thing had a pretty like uh, star-studded uh, soundtrack to the point where like not only is Rob Zombie's Dracula song in the movie, but they actually watched the video for. It. <laughs> yeah, they're watching music videos for a couple songs. Yeah. That Rob Halford side project two is mm. in there. And he's smoking the weeds out of an asthma inhaler. That's funny. Yeah, I know. Which is a which is a good cover. I don't know if he's supposed to really have asthma or not. I don't think they ever really reference it, but that's a good cover for a, a pipe just to carry around. You can say, "Oh, it's asthma." Exactly. Aren't those made of plastic though? Would they start like melting? That's what I thought. His seems to be metal somehow, but I don't know. He's lucky. They probably made it special for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing I liked when I was rewatching this again the other night was like I kind of dug how like when he comes downstairs and the whole house is like, even though this movie came out like I can't remember was it ninety nine or two thousand I thought it was April two thousand I think ninety nine okay ninety nine yeah okay so they came out like April ninety nine but somehow the house like all the decorations and the furniture and shit it looks like fucking nineteen seventy four his parents are uh, they're de- they decorated not so good. Oh, this is also a, a horror movie that takes place on Halloween. Yeah, it is. Which is another great reason to release it in April, I guess. But mm-hmm. 
And here, here's an unsung hero here. Remember this fucking guy, Jack Noseworthy? Yeah, very vaguely. This I is w- the main movie I remember him in. Yeah, I, I want to say he got his uh, start on an MTV show called Dead at 21. Like, mm. I like I never really watched it, but it was like, you know, the young hip thing. It was like this guy. He's just like a rock and roll dude, and like he there's a, he finds out there's this conspiracy that. I don't know, some shit about he was genetically engineered or some shit that where he was going to die when he was, like, super young or something. Like, they yeah. advertised the shit out. It was, like, the first time I remember uh, MTV made, like, a show show. You know what I mean? Like, with mm-hmm. a story. And they probably cast him just because he looks like fucking Bon Jovi or some yeah. shit. And if I'm not mistaken, that was, like, in the early 90s. So, like, he's still playing a rock and roll dude, like, in this movie years later. He was typecast. Okay, so so when he when uh, Anton played by Devin Sawa cra- crawls into the basement here of uh, um, Eldon Henson and uh, Seth Green, Seth Green, yeah, like I th- I was watching this the other night, Zach, and I was like, if they ever made a, a, a Mac and Zach Save the World movie, it would probably be just like this scene to the whole t- like probably like eighty percent of the running time. <laughs> Hell yes. And then the climax would be like you guys go to Walmart and you throw uh, f- Tombstone frozen pizzas as a frisbees. <laughs> Hell yeah, you saw that video? Oh yeah. I've actually seen it twice, believe it or not. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. We, we we have a bunch of videos from like, uh, like 10 years ago. Yeah. They're really hidden though, kind of on YouTube. You kind of got to mm-hmm. be on the inside or go down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. We we mentioned it before, but yeah, we don't we don't promote them enough. No. Hell yeah. If you did promote them, you might end up in jail. You don't know, mm-hmm. you don't know what the statute of limitations. Oh yeah, Jessica Alba. This is her first movie. And yep. fun fact, we can't say she's hot because she's seventeen years old. But later on, there's one scene where we can say she's hot, and uh, I'll tell you when it comes up and tell you why we can't say it. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I, re- I remember being, like, blown away by her in this movie. And then, like, even though, like, and all... Like, they re- they kind of do it in this movie, but not a whole lot. But, like, all these other movies she was in after, like, they always played out how hot she was. And I kind of mm-hmm. thought, like, she looked her best, like, ever in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's a bae. Yeah. Bab. She kind of got some darker skin, I noticed, in this movie. I thought it looked good on her. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah, the cheesy poofs. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's got to be like a fake product, right? Like based on South Park. I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a store I go to where they're actually called cheese puffs or something like that. That's as close as I've seen them really called. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody did the, or maybe they do. I can't remember. Does anybody do the like the Cartman voice in this movie? <laughs> no. It seemed like they would. Not a basketball moment in this one. No, no. But yeah, uh, Roger Ebert, back when the movie came out, he defended it a little bit, uh, even though he gave it like a two-star rating. Yeah, uh, yeah he, he defended it and said like, you know, uh, here, I'll, I'll just read it. It said, uh, uh, after the Col- Colorado tragedy, some commentators have wondered if the movie like this, or movies like this, are particularly responsible. I don't think we have to worry about idle hands. Kids understand the, the kind of uh, macabre comedy uh, which is in the ancient horror spoof tradition, and they don't take it seriously. Any viewer capable of being influenced by such silly gags would have to be deeply disturbed already. 
Hell yeah. I kind of agree with Roger Ebert on that one. He defended the movie. He, he Oh, look, they're smoking the weeds there. Yeah, no, so, out, of, out of like a, bong a nipple bong. Boobies. Booby bong, yeah. Fun fact, that stuff, you can go buy that at the store now. Crazy. Really? <laughs> I, I can't wait till they get to the point where like they just sell it at 7-Eleven. Why not? Oh, yeah. like uh, uh, How's it going to date movies like this where they're watching yeah. stoner comedies and it's like, yeah, it's like they're acting like it's uh, you, you shouldn't get caught with this. It's like you can buy this anywhere now. So speaking of the weeds, I, I had to, I had to do a low blow, but the guy pissed me off so bad I had to do it the other day. I was playing uh, Dead by Daylight on PlayStation Four. I was playing as the killer, and then afterwards, somebody who got frustrated because I killed them, so they sent me a friend request, but they said something shitty, like they basically called me a bunch of names and shit. So I was like, "Fuck you!" Like I wanted to report it, but there really was no actual way to report it because it was just a friend request and not a separate message. So the guy, uh, his name was like Honey Blunt or some shit, and his picture was like a rolled up like joint, some weird joint. Like it looked like it was stuffed with like fucking wasabi. So the only thing I could report to like say fuck you, buddy, was um, like I almost wanted to approve his friend request so I could just start messaging him. But then I was like, well, I don't want to get reported for harassment myself, you know? Because yeah. I just bought like three years of PlayStation Plus and I don't want to get banned or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but uh, so I reported his picture of his fake wasabi thing, and like they actually had a thing like, why are you reporting this? It said it glamorizes like an illegal activity. I was like, I guess the weeds are illegal in some place, so I reported that fucker. Genius. See, that's probably like a that's like a two hundred IQ uh, take. Like he was like, oh, I'm gonna shit talk him, but I'm gonna do it in a friend request, yeah. so he can't report me. You see, that's what he was thinking. Oh, he can't do anything. And then I don't want to say, like, I, I mean, I really wanted to say something back, but um, oh yeah. But I was like, but the, but then as soon as you send that message, like PlayStation has a record of that forever. And mm-hmm. like I said, like I just fucking bought three years extension. I'm like I'm not gonna piss that money down the thing and getting banned or whatever. Hell yes. This movie was directed by Rodman Fletcher. You know of him at all? Actually, actually, I do. Like, and I thought he was like more big than he really was. Because when I like saw the credits the other night, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of remember this dude. And I looked up his shit, and I'm kind of vaguely familiar with all this shit. But this is the only thing he did that I actually watched. Like, he was like a wasn't he like an actor in like trauma movies and shit at first, and then he became a director. He might have been. I don't know about trauma. He he was like uh, he started working with Roger Corman. Oh, that's what it was, Corman. Yeah, you're right. And he acted in all the fucking uh, Carnosaur movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well as uh, a fucking classic from '98, Casper meets Wendy. Amazing yep. film. Yeah, it was. And he also like he worked on like Slumber Party Massacre three, and like uh, he directed a uh, uh, fucking uh, Leprechaun two. Speaking of Casper, didn't Devon Sawa play like the little, like the human version of Casper? Yeah, in the first movie, yeah, the yeah. first Casper. I wonder if he met Robin Fletcher at that time, like Possibly. when they when they made this movie. Because like, yeah, like I was. Did you read this too, Zach? Like I read that Robin Fletcher, like he basically came on to direct this movie like a week or two before it started shooting. Mm-hmm. Which it kind of surprised me because, like, like I said, this movie was like. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I liked it. I enjoyed it, like, a lot when it came out. But, like, watching it again, I'm like, I'm like, this is actually... Because I always remember it as being kind of, a, like, a super low-budget movie. Mm-hmm. Which, like, 
in some ways it kind of is because it, it mostly takes place in like one or two locations. Mm-hmm. Like, like you can tell like this, like alleyway is just totally just like an alleyway with smoke machines in it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like I was pretty blown away by how good the cinematography and editing is. Um, Cause like there's some like really complex scenes, like not only it was just with special effects, but like shit that's just like really kind of clever. And like, mm-hmm. you know, the set design of the house and all that, like this movie's like really, uh, like as much as I love it, like this movie is like really like more thought out, put together than something like, you know, the straightforward like brain scan or something that came out, you know, a few years earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think this one like should really like, you know, be considered more of like a masterpiece than it is. Cause like I was really, and this was just watching the shitty DVD. I can't wait to see how good it's going to look and sound when I get the, uh, the screen factory. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch this movie on the scene, when when he first like when it first the establishing shot shows and he's right riding down uh, with the the car, I always think like this looks just like a Goosebumps episode. It really does. <laughs> they got like uh, leaves burning to make it like foggy. It's, yeah, yeah, really. Like it'd be cool if like he walked past that dog that like whose eyes light up or whatever. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> you know, from the beginning, his eye, I think his eyes light up yellow. Mm-hmm. See, this is a, a joke f- from the beginning of the movie when he meets with his friends. They say, yeah. oh, yeah, he goes over there to get some weeds. And they say he's all out. He's lying, though, because at the end of the scene, he starts smoking the weeds. Giant and uh, he goes, I hear if you mix nutmeg and oregano, you can get pretty wasted. Yeah. So he's mixing nutmeg and oregano right here. And he's, and he's, he's using. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the loitering ticket or, or littering ticket from uh, the cops. Yeah. Which I don't think would actually that if you lit that it would just catch on fire. It wouldn't burn yeah. like it's supposed to. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> One of those cigarettes kind of papers. And did you notice too? The cops were like, "Hey, we know you. Like when you were a freshman, we were seniors or whatever." But mm-hmm. they're like, "Those guys are like so much older than Devin saw." <laughs> like, I thought, One, yeah. I thought that One was of weird. the. One of the uh, police officers is uh, Roach for People Under the Stairs. Yep, Sean Whalen. And uh, his best movie uh, with Polly Shore, uh, Jury Duty, where he plays Carl Wayne Bishop. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we need to do a uh, fucking uh, Polly Shore movie sometime. Yeah, yeah we, the, the, that's one thing I can, I can tease. We we will be covering some Polly Shore. Believe it or not, the only Polly Shore movie I own is actually Biodome. But I, but I, I keep I keep uh, circling. Uh, I keep taking it in and out of my cart when I order movies. But like on my Amazon wish list, everything I, I I keep going back and forth. Like I want to buy that Jury Duty Blu-ray so bad. I didn't know it was on Blu-ray. Yeah, it, it came out like maybe like six months ago, and it's like one of those ones where um, I don't know if you've seen these. It's like a line from I can't remember who it is. Like one of the cheap companies, but they they released a bunch of movies. Uh, mm-hmm. on Blu-ray, but like they make the cardboard case look like a VHS tape. You ever see those? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I know the company too. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's making a sandwich. He doesn't realize there's blood on it. Yeah, dang scene. Right after I finished watching this, well, not right after. I th- actually, I think it was the next night. But uh, I watched Halloween two again, and the, mm-hmm. the scene where the old lady's making the sandwich, and then Michael Myers comes in and bleeds all over it. Like mm-hmm. like the, the scene reminded me of that. <laughs> that yeah, that's funny you mentioned this because this was shot in Pasadena in the same yeah. neighborhood they shot the original Halloween in. Right. Yeah. I like oh, this yeah. part too. The the shots of the cat eating the eyeball. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, the, this movie got uh, like forgotten for a long time, and this yeah. was always a uh, oh, I heard in the trivia that the, the dog has a boner right there. He does. Really? I never noticed. I can't see on my <laughs> shitty DVD copy. He does. So got red rocket. That's funny though, because I remember as a kid, like I used to do that. Like whenever I was old enough to start stand at the house by myself, mm. and you like as a kid, you'd hear a noise and you'd be like, "Oh shit, somebody's in the house." Yeah. You just got scared way easier. So I would like strategically walk into like the kitchen, but make my dog walk in first because I knew if he saw somebody, he'd start barking, and I'd know to just book it out of the house. Well, I five like, head take. Like, like even, like, later, I'd say, when I was, like, 19, 20, 21, I was always, because my dad worked nights, I was always at the house by myself. And, I mean, it wasn't like we lived out in the boonies, boonies. Like, we had neighbors and shit, but it's, like, I don't know. Like, it was, like, always quiet. And then, like, I guess it was probably just, like, the house, like, creaking or something. But mm-hmm. you hear that noise that sounds like somebody, like, walking through the house somewhere. And you always yeah. go and, like, grab the knife or something or... Oh, yep. yeah. Go through the rooms and all that. You're making a sandwich with a knife, and then you realize there's blood on it. Yeah, and then you just lick all the blood off. Mm-hmm. And he actually took a bite of the bloody bologna, too. That's pretty <laughs> I thought it was weird, though, he was using such a giant-ass knife to, like, dip into the mayonnaise. Like, such a slob. Oh, yeah. And when he put it into the mayonnaise jar, noticed their blood. They just looked like jelly on the sand. On the, I would have yeah. thought it was jelly. It did. I thought it was a good scene too, where he 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 like hides in his parents' bed under the cover, and he tells the dog to get under too. I like that. Hell yeah! See, whenever you see a dog in a horror movie, you automatically worry that the dog's gonna die. But like, it's yeah. funny because like you watch a movie that's twenty years old, you're like, oh, I hope that dog doesn't die. I get bummed, and then you realize this movie's twenty years old. That dog's totally dead in real life, and then you get bummed. Yeah, I watched a co- Yeah, I know, I know. I was just watching something today where it's like, or I was flipping through a movie and they had a cat. I'm like, oh man, that cat's long gone. But um, yeah, I hate movies that always kill. It's it's usually like the haunting type movies where there's ghosts or something. The first victim, you know, just so they can artificially up the body count, they always kill off the dog. You ever notice that? Mm-hmm. Oh, in this scene, if you look back there in that the top of that window, you can see Jessica Alba playing a bass. Yeah, I can see that. Even on this 7-inch HD TFT color monitor, I can see that. There was originally a deleted scene there where she like looks at him and, and, and does something, but they took it out. I have to say, that's my only criticism. Is I guess we'll get to it when he goes over there. But like the scene where he goes over and Jessica Alba's just waiting all horny for him, I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it never happens. See, yeah. I, I guess that was part of the joke. Like, oh, like he's got a possessed hand. That's really going to fuck things up for him with this girl. But it just turned she out like... It. <laughs> Even after he chops off his hand, really, it doesn't hurt anything. I, oh, yeah. I like the kind of like be with some butthead dumb guy humor here of like the two friends come over and like they don't like they're so excited that like a fucking old ass two live crew video is playing that they don't notice his parents laying there dead. Oh, yeah. And those uh, those are dummies. They didn't yeah. just get like Fred Ward and what's her yeah. name to lay on the ground dead. They made. You mean Fred Willard? Fred, yeah. Like, Fred, Fred Ward. Hell <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Fred Willard just passed away, like, what, probably, like, three months ago or something like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's too bad. Yeah, he's a funny-ass guy. They were talking about on the commentary that they never met Fred Willard. Okay. Like, uh, yeah. it, it, which is weird. Like, people are in the same movie. You assume, like, oh, it was a party. They were all, like, hanging out. It's like, no, you could be in the same movie never even meet the people. They It probably was a money thing, too. They're like, let's just get Fred Willard for, like, eight hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And the guy that did effects on this movie actually went on to, to win an award for doing effects. He didn't before the movie, but after. I don't remember what it was. This movie should have got him because there's some really good, I'm guessing, CGI effects when the guy's carrying his head around. Like, I was surprised how good yeah. they were. Some animatronic, yeah, they, they mixed them. There's like a couple scenes. Like, when the head falls off, they had to have used some kind of CGI. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they didn't overuse it so it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. And I love how, like, dumb the guys here putting it all together. Like, none of them can put it together. Like, Anton kind of gets it quicker, but none of them can put it together that Anton's the killer. Like, it's so, even though it's so obvious. <laughs> yeah, he finds, like, a ripped-off piece of shirt, and fucking Seth Green puts it up to Anton's shirt, and it fits. And he's like, the killer was wearing your shirt. Yeah. Fucking stoner comedy. Fun thing, too, when this uh, commentary comes out, maybe like a week or two later, I'll put out the Mac and Zach stoner commentary we did. Oh, yeah. We'll do yeah. like a cross-promote double feature. <laughs> yeah, during the during the commentary, Mac came over and he brought some weeds. And so we're like, let's do a stoner comedy. And like, yeah, we did that movie. And we were thinking while it was going, like, we should do two commentaries, one sober and one stoner. And like, yeah, we'll, we'll you know, you can dissect and compare them. So I'm going to let this be the official you know one to go with it and all i remember i haven't listened to the stoner commentary all i really remember was like dude why is it called idle hands when only one of his hands possessed dude (laughs) (laughs) they fucking blew their load they should have like they should have just called idle hand and then when the sequel came out they could have called idle hands and made like the backwards too that would have been dank That's all I remember. Wouldn't that be funny if the whole thing is just us saying that? <laughs> saying over it over and over. And over. I could see that. <laughs> it's possible. I have to say, this movie made me kind of sad watching it. That um, I do like how he just, his hand, which is weird. It's not really his hand. It's got to be his whole arm. But his hand, like when he kills him, like how like he just totally has no control. Mm-hmm. But watching this movie made me kind of sad because like, what the fuck happened to Seth Green? Like... Yeah, he, he was, does like a. He was yeah. like the man for like ten years, and then mm-hmm. like, I guess when he was like too old to play college roles, or basically like, like either he got boring or they were just like it was like all of a sudden he was cast as a nerd all of a sudden after that. Like I remember he just and like all those kind of like mainstream like Warner Brother type comedies and whatever he was in, like he was just always like a lame fucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. He went on to do like a bunch of voice acting and cartoons and stuff. Yeah, he had his own show, the the Robot Chicken and all that stuff. Yeah, I I remember when Robot Chicken came out. Like me and my friends were so hyped for it. Like we because th- we we're like, oh, it's this this show, like whatever, where they just use old action figures and all this. Sh-, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then when we saw it, we we're like, oh, this is actually kind of like a little more high budget than we thought it would be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's still good when it came out, but it's like it's a show that I think kind of got old quick. Like, there's only so much of it you can watch before the gimmick mm-hmm. wears off. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, this is a scene where uh, fucking he. Uh, this is a good kill. He, his hand makes him pick up a little circular saw and throw it at his friend and cuts yeah. his head off. It's cool too because like he almost gets away and then he throws the blade. Mm-hmm. Which. I'm curious, like, how much of this is, like, this house and how much of it is just on a soundstage, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess uh, I, I watched all the commentaries uh, getting ready for this one, and, uh, yeah, they just they mentioned that it's all on a soundstage, except for the exterior of the house. Yeah. 
which a lot of, a lot of times they do that just because um it's just like literally a location thing like you need so many people on a film set that it's hard to keep them all in one house you know what i mean Mm-hmm. And then also to the equipment, like you got to have trucks and trucks of equipment. It's just easier to have that all in the studio. That was a great effect where his head fell off. Yeah. See, if you had to pick a way to die, that's not a bad one. Like no. you at least get to see like a couple seconds of like the room spinning whenever your head flops. Yeah. I always wonder about that. Like, like what that <laughs> death would be like, cause your brain is intact. Is it like, Hmm. Is it basically that no more blood is pumping up to your head? Or is it just that you, like, run out of air? Like, your brain just runs out of air? Yeah, I don't know. Because you got no lungs, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I'd assume it'd be like, you ever, like, stand up too fast and you almost pass out? Yeah. Like, like that moment where you get that weird, like, head rush. It'd probably feel like that pretty uh, soon as it started happening. And then you'd probably just go unconscious or something. It's probably similar to when you do, like, your seventh or eighth whip it in a row. Oh yes! Remember when whippets were such a fucking craze? Jesus Christ! I know what's a whippet. It's like where you take the um. Well, originally how it started, I'm curious what cartoon that was of like the hand coming out. But it's like originally it started. It was kids would suck on the um, like the end of like a, what do you call it? Like a like a whipped cream bottle. But you just oh okay yeah. you just press it a little bit like not so the whipped cream actually shoots out, just the air does. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, yeah. like, at fish concerts and shit, like, they just started, like, having, like, balloons filled up with, like, whatever the gas is, you know? And people would just walk around with a balloon taking tokes off a fucking balloon. It's probably the same stuff in the air dust or shit yeah. that people do. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was a kid, my mom, for a couple years, she had a, a job at a Kroger's, um, like, uh, putting together the salad bar or whatever, back when fucking grocery stores had salad bars, if you can believe that shit. And uh, when she was working there, like, there was, like, two kids that came in and went to, like, the the uh, whipped cream thing. And they just did, like, whip it after whip it until, like, they were just, like, sitting on the floor laughing. Like, they couldn't even talk or nothing. They just, like, whip it themselves stupid. Which, like, I'm pretty sure when you do that, you're just pretty much causing brain damage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, huffing gas. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, if you even huff gas one time, you got some form of brain damage. Yeah, I remember reading that and being like, "Damn, I'm glad I never did that." I know, and I think they had to like call the cops to come get these fuckers because like they couldn't even move. They were like, "So whatever." Mm-hmm. Now, See, this not, is the scene yeah. where uh, his hand makes him yeah. fucking come on to a Jessica Alba. She's all into it. Never mind that he's like completely covered in blood from killing his friends. Yeah, she's all like, "Oh, you're kinky." She says, "Like, oh yeah, covered in blood." Like, she totally strapping your arm down. Like, yeah, she totally comes out with her robe open. <laughs> I mean, it's just so ridiculous. It is. They should film more movies in Pasadena, though. Like, like mm-hmm. it kind of sucks. Like, I've been there a couple times, but I had no real reason to really hang out over there. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, like I always see Pasadena in the movies, and so always these old rustic neighborhoods like this and shit. I can't remember. Isn't Freddy's house in Pasadena too? I think so. Yeah, yeah. that's why they. Uh, that's why um, Hollywood became like the go-to mecca to make yeah. movies, is because it's got all these different spots that can be. They can double as you know, yeah. pretty much anywhere in the U.S. Yeah, like it's got desert area and stuff. Yeah, like it's crazy, man. Like you're in the heart of L.A. and like you literally get on the right uh, freeway 
And within 20 minutes, you're in pure desert. It's fucking weird. Which is funny because now, like, they rarely ever film movies in Hollywood. Yeah. It costs too much money to do it. They can't get the uh, the tax credit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, Betas. Beta cucks. You know, you know who, you know who actually, if I'm remembering right, who actually stripped away all the tax credits for films, and you wouldn't think this would be the fucker who did it. I remember Arnold pretty much stripped that shit out. What a fuck up, a beta cuck. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing, like Jessica Alba. Like, like keep in mind, like these two have never really even had a real conversation. Like, he returned her lyric book or whatever the other day. And, like, he just, it was funny because he just ran away because he was so scared to talk to her or whatever. Mm hmm. See, he was a beta cuck and now he's an alpha male. He's a total alpha and he starts just grabbing that ass. Yeah. That's what women want, apparently, according to this movie. Exactly. Thank God this happened before hashtag me too because there were, as HBO Max would call it, this film would be problematic. <laughs> Oh yeah, what, what is that about? Like I saw something about uh, Casablanca or something. Oh, it's gone with, yeah, no, it's gone with the wind. Um, mm. I don't know, like what exactly they're going to say, other than the movie takes place in slave times. But they said the movie's problematic, whatever the fuck that means. I don't even know, and that they had to pull the movie down so that uh, they can get the time together to um, either create a disclaimer. Or a video of people putting the film in its historical context. And I'm like, what person is going to watch this movie that's obviously fucking filmed in 1944? <laughs> yeah, they think we're done. Like, uh, I guess back in the day, remember that movie, uh, fucking Birth of a Nation? Yeah, yeah. Like, that came out after, like, the KKK had already, like, pretty much was on its dying legs. And I guess that movie really popularized them again, and there was a big spike. I think they think that something like that's going to happen again or something, which doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make sense. But, you know, it's weird to me, and I'm like, I'm kind of like this, like, and I haven't, I've only seen pieces of Gone with the Wind. It was my mom's favorite movie when I was a kid, but, like, I've only seen pieces of it. But I'm like, I mean, first of all, it's like a 1940s Hollywood movie, right? So, mm -hmm. like, you know it's going to be all romantic and blah, 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 and, you, you, know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be sad, like like focusing hardcore on just the slavery aspect it's like do we now have to bang uh ban uh Django unchained where like the slave guys like put a fucking dog to chew a guy to death you know what i mean like mm -hmm. to me those would be the movies you would have to uh put labels or uh, whatever they're going to do their documentary explaining to you how how racist uh slavery was it's like we kind of know slavery was racist we don't we don't know oh, yeah. we don't need hbo max to tell us that mm-hmm but then everybody started buying like used DVDs of Gone with the Wind for like fifty bucks on eBay. It was crazy. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, the director also worked on Strip to Kill too, which was a big, uh, big favorite of Canadian Ferox. If you ever listened to that podcast back in the day. Oh yeah, what was it? Tony Baloney and J Dog. Mm -hmm. Oh, he didn't direct it. He was he worked on it. He was something on there. Yeah, I have the first Strip to Kill. I kind of blind bought it. Um, I always hear the second one's the better one. Really, I've never seen the second one. Yeah, first one's pretty good actually. Like first one's like very very low budget. Like mm -hmm. it looks like one of those movies shot in L.A. or whatever for like a hundred grand, but it's pretty good. Yeah, the what was that uh, stripper exploitation or uh, hooker yeah. exploitation movie yeah. about a? Uh, what, what was it? it? Had the guy from Pet Cemetery in it? And he was the pimp. Yeah, yeah. 
Was that street walking or something like that? I think so. I think that was the one with like Melissa Leo, right? Street walking. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, strip the kills pretty good because it's like the movie starts and there's like a guy that kills a stripper, right? So then like through the roughly 85 minute runtime, about 40 minutes of the movie is just the girls coming out on stage doing their whole strip tease. Like they got props, they got characters that they do. And like they're really not even like the stripper strippers you would expect. Like they're really like almost like more like showgirls, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like yeah, and then he kills another one, kills one. So like basically, like they have to find a really sexy police lady to become a stripper. Genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she becomes a stripper, and uh, of course she falls in love with her partner, who's also undercover, playing like a scumbag kind of pimp ish type guy. And then uh, the killer comes, but it's pretty good. Like it's it actually kind of shocked me how good it was to be honest with you. Hmm. This is a scene. Uh, see, uh, I remember uh, we did this movie on BTM a long time ago, and while I was doing it, like I, I had just rebought the the DVD because uh, I had the VHS of this movie for a long time. Dang. And there's a funny story behind that. I'll, I'll tell it here in a minute. But like, yeah, I remember watching it, and I was like, I was trying to sound like pretentious, and I was like, oh yeah, very Argento. This scene, very Argento. The red light. Yeah, and uh, when I get the DVD, I listen to the commentary, and what the fuck do you know? The director talks about how much he loves Argento, mm. and like a bunch of the scene, a bunch of the lighting in this movie is <laughs> from Argento. You know, I kind of like that too, though, because like when I watched it the other night and the scene was all red, I was kind of like, they're probably just doing this to like save time and money setting up the lights. You know what I mean? It's like a lot easier just to bathe the scene in like one big swath of one color. You know. Mm-hmm. But it actually works, and I think more movies should do things like this because, in your mind, it, you know, if if certain scenes look a certain way, like it kind of like makes each scene stand out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They they actually talk about on the Blu-ray, like uh, yeah, uh, the director's a big fan of horror movies, and uh, I guess uh, like Devin Sawa and Seth Green and the the other guy, they all like hung out like before they started filming the movie, they all hung out at the at the director's house and watched Cannibal Ferox or something oh. like that. <laughs> he's talking about he's a big fan of fucking Jungle Cannibal movies. And I was like, oh, see, that's the thing. You hear directors say, like, oh, I'm always a big fan. You always wonder if they're just saying that for, like, cred on the yeah. horror community. But then somebody's like, oh, they like Jungle. Like, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty, you know, not many people know about no. Jungle Cannibals. And it, it was a weird subgenre, too, because it wasn't like, 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 there was a bunch of them that was released. But it wasn't like, say, slashers where, like, the audience was really like, oh, God, like, we love slashers. Like, pretty mm-hmm. much, like, the cannibal movies just all came out and, like, would play in grindhouses and shit. And, like, yeah, I don't think they really ever, the cannibal movies, I don't think they ever really had, like, a big suburban audience, like, the way, like, the Halloweens and Friday the 13th did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was clearly successful enough that they, that the Italians kept pumping them out. Oh, yes. One of my favorites was the one about the suicide cult, eaten alive. Not to be confused with the other eating alive about the, the the alligator. Yeah, I always get those two confused because I know about the alligator one. I haven't seen the cannibal one. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. There was one of them we did way back in the day for exploited cinema. I think that was Cannibal Ferox. The only one that I actually own a copy of and like have seen a bunch of times is uh, Cannibal Holocaust. That's my favorite. 
Hell yeah. Joe Bob did that recently on the yeah, like Shutter. Two weeks ago, yeah. And they did that thing where like they had to like air it with like two different versions or something like that. Mm-hmm. Some or, people don't want to watch that movie. Oh, actually, I think they they said they were going to do a thing where they were just going to upload his his segments separately so people wouldn't watch it. Like personally, yeah. I don't like 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 I'm not really into like animal killing. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but like from my understanding for that movie, it was like it was pretty much just like they chopped up all the animals and the people in the jungle ate them. So it's like. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like those people are going to be doing that for food anyway. So yeah, the only one that like really stings—I hate it when the monkey gets killed—but the only one that like really stings, where I'm like, oh damn, is when they they chop up that giant turtle because you know that mm-hmm. damn thing was like a hundred years old, man. It's like, oh man. Like, yeah, I'm a go. total, I'm a total beta cook. That's the thing. Like, uh, <laughs> I remember I was watching it with uh, we did a commentary for BTM, and uh, I was like, oh man, I hate watching the muskrat die because it's like a really fucking yeah. like like sloppy kill for the muskrat like it didn't go fast and i'm like oh man and uh remember Mandy's like it's just a muskrat and i'm like yeah i know and yeah like it doesn't matter if uh if you know the muskrat's never gonna have any effect on my life i don't know watching it die is just like yeah i feel bad I can't remember it was the muskrat the one that got eaten by the snake or is that a different movie it's the one that he just he takes a knife to it okay. and just like cuts it open and throws the stomach to the the uh, the villager to eat it and he starts uh-huh. eating it. I think the worst one too is like isn't there one where like they shoot a pig that like a baby pig that's tied up mm-hmm. and it doesn't like die right away it's still like twitching and shit and they have to shoot it a second time. That one was pretty pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this uh, at this point in the movie, whenever uh, his friends come back from the dead, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, that that line where it's like, oh, like he say he asks him like, uh, what he's like, does he zombies from hell or something? He's like, why would we go to hell? And he was like, oh yeah, we saw this big staircase and there was a light and uh, yeah, this music it was like shitty music like Enya, <laughs> and they were saying come towards us, come towards the light, and they're like, we were like, fuck that because it was really far. Like that's that's a stoner joke and a half. Yeah, that's amazing. I think the makeup on Seth Green's awesome. Like the discoloration of it, like his gray zombie face. Mm-hmm. I mean, really both of them, but Seth Green's really got like a lot of detail. Of, like uh, this is where all the budget went, Zach, making Burger Jungle the restaurant here. <laughs> Hell yes! I saw Kevin Smith open up. A, well, I don't think it was really him, but he he gave permission, I guess, for somebody to open up a pop up movies. A hamburger mm-hmm. restaurant. We need to get it. Somebody do a pop up uh, burger jungle somewhere. Oh yeah, this scene. Uh, the the actor. Uh, I forget his name right there. No, that, yeah. That that girl. They found out the day shooting this that they're like step siblings, which really? is kind of what. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. I, I guess they found out like uh, they have the same dad or same mom or something. That's bizarre. Which is kind of. And if you pause that right there, that mural says. Uh, like uh, ten years of serving milkshakes with a smile, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is a callback to a line earlier where they, uh, the, someone mentions that they died, and uh, Anton says, "What did they get caught?" Uh, or he mentions that they got in trouble or something, and he asks, "Like, did they get caught jerking off in the milkshake maker again?" <laughs> yeah, I actually paused it the other night. I can't remember exactly what, but it's something like ten thousand milkshakes or ten years of milkshakes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was surprised they had Noseworthy rocking a fucking Quiet Riot shirt because, like, by the time this movie came out, Quiet Riot was like the most uncool band. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
he's like the devil worshiper that listens to metal and he's yeah. listening to Motley Crue, which is funny because like you think in the '90s, like you listen to the devil music, right? He wouldn't be listening to Motley Crue; it would be something like heavier or something. It'd be like fucking King Diamond and shit. Mm-hmm. But it's funny though, because like I don't know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if the target audience for this movie would really get the reference of like Jack Noseworthy's character, because that's that's such like an '80s thing of like the guy with like the metal whatever, and he's driving a big truck. You know what I mean? Like that's such like a thing you would see in like an '80s movie. Mm-hmm. Apparently, at some point, uh, Kyle Gass is in this scene. Yeah, I couldn't find Kyle Gass. There's like another guy there. I think the guy doing the salad bar. He was like a pretty popular actor for a while. The the cameo yeah. that like like you blink and you miss is when he goes up to the drive through window. It's actually Tom DeLonge of a Blink One Eighty Two. Exactly. If yeah. you blink, you'll miss him. Maybe that's why they made that his character. Yeah. Blink and you miss him One Eighty Two. Like exactly. you, you can't tell it's him at all because like he has like the hat on and it looks like he has like really bleached hair underneath. Yeah, this is uh, from the the album Dude Ranch, where he had bleached hair. They, were, they basically had little cameos of people that were in on the soundtrack. I like the one with the the cat on the front. That was my favorite Blink One Eighty Two. But but Dude Ranch oh, was yeah. good. Dude Ranch was mm-hmm. good. Dude Ranch is probably my favorite. Growing up, yeah. I didn't like the later stuff that much. I kind of fell mm-hmm. out of it. Exactly. And I like I like how Sawa like he grabbed like the memorial uniform outside from like mm-hmm. the, the dead twins who worked at the restaurant, and like he puts it on just so he can infiltrate the drive through to ask questions for Jack Nosworth. Like he couldn't just ask him that shit. Like like they literally lived like across the street from each other. Exactly. Did you pick up on while watching the movie what the the friend's name is? Not uh, Seth Green, but the other friend. No. Yeah, you never you never pick it up, but his name is Penub. 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 <laughs> and like, yeah, that's what he's credited as at the end. And uh yeah, they never say his name clear enough for you to pick up on it. Like uh they say it like like there's one point where someone says it but they're kind of like they're they're struggling or something so you don't really mm-hmm. notice what he said. But yeah, uh basically it's funny cuz like most of the movie is is uh, his like body double playing him for a lot of right. the movie. Like that shot right there, I guess uh, the body double sitting there with his legs sticking out, and then like above him, or he, like the body double's laying on his back, so his legs are sticking out, and then on top of him is like a board, like a and dummy. on top of that, yeah, like and on top of body. that is uh, the real actor laying on his back so that he can be upside down, and then the the top of the torso. And then yeah, it works. It sounds pretty uncomfortable. But it yeah, works. it does. It's like basically you're almost doing like a '69 to do that. Hell yes. See, like that scene, like yeah, I totally thought like that they had like done like a CGI, not CGI, but like a composite of the guy's face. But like yeah, yeah. The the animatronic head looks cool. Like you can always tell it's an animatronic head because he all of a sudden looks very uh. Ninja Turtles like yeah yeah there's something uh there's yeah there's something you know heartwarming about seeing that I did really like this scene where the cops bust in and they see like the zombie friends and him and like Anton like fucking kills them kills the cops 
Yeah, the, the the devil worshiper guy told him to keep his hands busy, so he took up knitting. Yeah. So he's trying to knit. He's like, cuff me. While he's knitting, they're like, put the needles down. And he kills him with the he Like, how did he not see that coming? I know. Yeah, the animatronic head, like you said, like when they shot it in the head and it kept talking, it was actually really fucking good. Oh, yeah. They were laughing on the commentary about behind Anton. It's just a, a headshot of him. In that picture frame. Oh yeah, I see it. I see it. <laughs> but yeah, they also mentioned uh, th- this uh, this line coming up where uh, uh, when he kills the two cops, uh, his hand does, and uh, the fucking the severed head yells, "Go go buffalo!" And they <laughs> they mention how like people to this day ask him to like write that when he signs stuff, and That's he never funny. knew what the fuck they were talking about until he watched the movie for the commentary. He's like, That's I didn't even funny. know what the reference was. <laughs> and it's funny because uh, there was a deleted scene the first time he meets those cops where uh, when he's talking about like, oh, I recognize you guys. You guys are dorks. Uh, there was another line where he says, you were the head and ass of the school mascot. And he says, go, go, Buffalo or something like that. Right. So like basically when he says it here, it's it's the payoff to a joke that got like never got set up. Right. And like the director was talking about how like every time you watch it in the theaters, everybody like it always gets a laugh, even though it doesn't make sense. Even though nobody knows what the fuck you, this the guy's talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it is for some reason it's funny just because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like why do you say that? I also like laughed out loud like when the scene began the other night, like where he's sitting there knitting, the fact that he kept the uh fast food like uh outfit still on. Mm-hmm. And like you, you kind of realize because now he's like really layered up with a sweatshirt and then that that work shirt from the restaurant. He looks like he has a couple shirts on, but then you later you realize he's layered up to hide the fact like once his hand chops off, you know that he mm-hmm. can hide his arm in the jacket, kind of. Yeah, when they were making it, they were basically like they were planning on doing like a, a green screen thing where he's wearing a green sleeve, and I guess like one day when they were like rehearsing Devin Sal was he just he did that thing we all did in school where you yeah you tuck your hand and like basically tuck your the palm of your hand in your armpit right and just make it look like you don't have a hand and that's what they did you, for the you whole just movie. have like a big fat upper arm yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they had to do that through most of the movie and apparently like 15 hour days whenever they'd get done and he'd take the brace like because they made a little brace to kind of hide and make yeah. it look like the shoulder was kind of out more like once he took it all off his hand was like pure white and shit because there's no, no circulation yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a great fake product here though the bagel guillotine mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, he, like, yeah he's like he says those things won't even cut my bagel yeah yeah like anytime that. anytime they had things like that they always did suck they they, yeah. they wouldn't do very good what they're supposed to do just so kids don't chop their fingers off and shit Mm-hmm. I feel like that was in the trailer a lot, where he's like, "Look at me, I'm Leatherface." <laughs> Dank. That was one of the uh, taglines. Exactly. See, so, yeah, imagine having to do this. I wouldn't be able to do it. A lot of the physical comedy, like, I mean, it doesn't go as extreme as it does in Evil Dead too. But he did a lot of good stuff. Sawa mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, trying to sell you the fact that his hand was like all jerking around and stuff. He says, like, whenever he read the script, uh, he basically, yeah, he was like, okay, this is like Evil Dead 2, and he just based everything he did, like, off of uh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. So, obviously, he did, I like it, too, where the head bites the hand. (laughs) Exactly. But, um, obviously, Sawa didn't know this, 
but when your hand is possessed by this like whatever demon whatever it is it will eventually come out of your hand mm-hmm. like that was the guy in jail that they showed had committed the previous murders but your hand will be like all like stretched out and warped did you see that guy's hand mm-hmm. no so if, if you were in sawa's position what would you do like obviously he didn't know that you get to keep your hand or that it, or that the the demon will jump out of your hand at some point but would you rather live with that gnarled stretched out like rubbery cartoon hand or would you rather just chop it off for good oh yeah you look like that guy from scream 2 use my strong hand yeah <laughs> he's scary See, he's I would touching probably cut it off. face with it <laughs> yeah i'd probably try to cut it off and then train it to jack me off okay that'd be genius it's 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 pretty good here too because he doesn't lose that much blood because uh immediately seth green uh ca- cauterizes it with the iron yeah, and I just noticed. I never noticed it before, but whenever he's running up to to do it with the 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 little iron, the straight iron, yeah, he unplugs it from the wall. And if you look at it, there's already a little blood spot on it from when they oh, did really? another take. I didn't see that. <laughs> so they they obviously did a take before they they used the one that's in the movie. And it's funny too because he gave it like no time to charge, but somehow it's burning hot. Yeah, it's just it's just back there plugged into the wall just in case you need it. All all this. I'm surprised that family's house didn't burn down years ago. Exactly. Look, she's she's got the freaking uh, Jessica Alba. She's dressed up as uh, the angel. Yeah. She's pretty hot in the movie. Oh wait, we can't say that. The we'll angel. say it later. I'll tell you when we can say it. Okay, when we can't say it. When the clock strikes midnight and uh, it becomes okay <laughs> to jerk off to Hermione from Harry Potter. <laughs> Yeah. Remember exactly. that creepy countdown? <laughs> no, I don't. There was like internet countdowns to when uh whatever her name is, Emma Watson, whatever her name is, uh would turn eighteen. Okay. <laughs> and then like when Stranger Things came out, people were like, Ooh, we got another go round, deep 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 Billy whatever her name is, Billy Bobby Brown. And people are like, No, stop it. This is a different era. I can't get away with it. Oh no. She's like 12 in that original season. <laughs> I know. You'd be waiting like almost a decade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun fact. The guy playing the hand is the same guy that did the Adams Family It. Really? That's fun. Yeah. He was in big demand at the time. I thought it was cool when he microwaves the hand that the hand just starts like spurting blood out. Like... Mm-hmm. But it, it's cool. It's cool too, because like they, instead of it just being like a hand hand, like yeah, they fuck it up right away so that it looks like a cooler, like dark, bloody monster hand. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what you do, as you do. And did you notice that all of a sudden, the the you know, decapitated hand, pretty much disembodied hand, all of a sudden it's just got really long fingernails to make it even scarier looking. Yeah, yeah, and then they it, later on they sharpen. Like I really love that scene where it sharpens itself in a pencil sharpener. Exactly, that scene always made me cringe as a kid. Yeah. The, the thought of putting your finger in a pencil sharpener like that. Yeah, I totally forgot that the hand got like all creepy like that. Oh, I mentioned too that I had the VHS copy of this. It's kind of a funny story. Uh, like uh, remember back in the day, when, like uh, basically I kind of shoplifted it, but not really. I half shoplifted it, basically. I stole it, but I paid for it. Mm. And <laughs> back in the day, whenever you go to Family Video and like you go to like uh, the two for one section or whatever, they'd always like every once in a while you see a movie that has like a nine ninety five orange sticker on it. Right, right. And basically, I, I, I peeled the sticker off 
of one movie, put it on the other one, completely thinking that they're going to know. See, I love that shot, that fucking animatronic head. Yeah, that one's really fucking good. He stabs a fucking uh, barbecue fork in it and then puts the other side on the body so that... Like see, a that's stick a, to hold it together, yeah. That was fucking genius because now they don't got to pay all that extra money for exactly. the effects. And just put tape around his neck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like uh, I, I peeled it off one of the movies and put it on the other, completely thinking like I'm gonna get up there. They're gonna say, "Oh, uh, this seems to be uh, this is fuck." Yeah, something's wrong. This isn't for sale. And then I just be like, "Oh, somebody must have fucked with it." But they gave it to me. I was like, "Hell yes!" Was it because you were just trying to get a cheaper price, or because you didn't think they would sell you an R-rated movie? It wasn't for sale at all. Oh, okay, you took the rental copy and put a for sale <laughs> sticker. How like? Yeah. Like I like I worked at a Hollywood video for a couple of years, and I used to have to like transfer the movies over, you know, and like mm-hmm. you would take them out of like their cases, cases, and just put it in like the um, like the, you know, there's like the regular little cardboard case that they come in, and then you shrink wrap it, and then you put the price tag on top of that. Like, shouldn't the thing that you bought have been um, shrink wrapped? Like, <laughs> yeah, they didn't do it that way. <laughs> That's fucking bizarre. I can't believe they did that. But um, did you? Did you notice the burrito that they put in? It, 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 it's like uh, it, it's basically they made a fake name to put on it, but it's modeled after that real brand of frozen burritos that Mm-mm. still looks like that to this day. Like I used to eat those all the time as a kid, and they oh. still sell. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know what it is, but like back in the day, burritos would always like you microwave the shit out of them. And the center would always still be frozen, but I don't get exactly. that anymore. Do you still yeah. get that problem? Uh, no. Like, yeah, it's weird. Uh, this is a great effect, too, when he yeah. swallows the burrito. <laughs> is that it supposed to be up. the bean sauce coming out of his neck? I guess so. I guess it's just it chewed it, up. Because it's kind of bloody, but, like, it's also, like, really bean saucy looking. They said it was, like, uh, uh, applesauce or something with something mixed yeah. in it. Cinnamon or something. By the way, I somehow... Like totally slipped my mind. I somehow ate burritos all weekend long. So oh, yeah. Like, so like we're we're out uh, car shopping and we're like, oh, the burrito place is on the way. Uh, burrito Bandito, Zach. That's the name of the place around here. So we go oh, to Burrito yeah. Bandito. They give you like the giant. It's pretty much like Chipotle, but like kind of more simpler, like less ingredients, and like they also don't give you like fucking salmonella every time the way mm. Chipotle does. So we, Saturday we eat, we eat burrito bandito. Sunday we wake up like oh like what we what do we got to make like oh uh, uh, waffles and breakfast burritos. Let's do the breakfast burritos. So we eat burritos again. <laughs> and then for dinner I'm like oh we should get some carry out from Mazatlan. Like not even thinking like oh damn I'm just eating Mexican food all weekend. But like yeah. And then mm-hmm. then both of us, me and my fiance, we 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 both just. Purely coincidental, order burritos from there too. So we literally just ate burritos like for a day and a half. Donk. Fucking early 2000s, Zach would be jealous. Like back in the day, that's like all I would eat. Like my parents would buy like a big bag of frozen burritos that had like 20 of them in there just for me. And you make them last for like half a week. Exactly. Yeah. I thought this was like an interesting spin where like 
uh, Vivica Fox. We haven't even talked about Vivica Fox. She's like the yeah. demon hunter. But she's in like all honesty, Ahab. Yeah, like until this scene, she's like literally in the movie for like ninety seconds. All her early scenes were so short. Mm-hmm. They're basically setting her up like uh, she's uh, she's part of this covenant of witches or something. They, it was originally that's what it was in the original script. I don't know if that's what it is in the final version. I, I've been listening to the commentaries and stuff, but like, yeah, like uh, she's basically set up as this character. She's the only one that knows how to stop the hand, and she's like, yeah, she's finding out where it's gonna be based on where it's already been because it's making like a fucking pentagram on the map, right. so she knows where it's striking next. So she's chasing it. And that uh, that Jesus crying tattoo is the same one from Natural Born Killers, I guess. Is it? Yeah. I, like, I was wondering if it was like a Hellraiser reference. Because um, uh, at the end, Frank or one of them says Jesus wept. I was wondering if it was supposed to be like a reference to that. Yeah, I guess it's the same one that fucking Woody Harrelson has in that movie. Yeah, good old Jack Noseworthy. He couldn't get enough. Mm-hmm. I think Jack Noseworthy, if I'm remembering right, I think he's also in Event Horizon. If you ever seen that movie, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if they ever make a biopic of Jeff Foxworthy, he could play him because his name's kind of the same. <laughs> you kind of confuse people, like you know how like they would do that thing where like they would like get people like well back in the day they used to get people's like brothers and sons who like weren't even actors, but like they get like the family members of famous people. Like mm-hmm. you get like Joe Estevez. <laughs> Yeah, and then like I think Chuck Norris had like a phony brother, like actor too, if I remember right. Like, mm-hmm. And then um, there was like Patrick Swayze's brother, Don Swayze. Tom could, Hanks had one. Oh yeah, Jim Hanks. Yeah, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Jim Hanks, I ordered Extra Three. Nice. It, yeah, it's got Jim Hanks in it. I've actually never seen the third one. It's the only one I haven't seen yet. I have it. Yeah, I've only seen the first one. I got to track down the first one and second one now. I have a uh, old school Monster Vision uh, video of Joe Bob showing the second one. Nice. I wonder if there. Well, you probably wouldn't know from Monster Vision because they edited it, but I wonder if there's like all the like fucked up rape shit in it the way there was in Extra Part One. Yeah, I actually found like fan made edits where they they got the original broadcast, but then okay. they edited in the full movie, so that's not yeah. cut. Look how big that butt is. Yeah, it puts the huge. whole thing in there. <laughs> It was. It's like, are these people squares that don't know how weed really works, or is it just, <laughs> you know, over the top for the movie? Yeah, yeah that'd I, be me. I don't know how. Like when Mac brought his, I was like, oh, how do I do this? Yeah, I've only got stoned like now twice in my life. The first time I had like a fucking like complete nervous breakdown. <laughs> I got too high. Yeah, it's it's really tricky. Like it's weird. Like I, I've been, I've had pretty lucky experiences, but I haven't done it in a long, long time. I think the best thing now, um, probably for you, Zach, if you if you get um, like a weed sucker or weed hard candy, and then just yeah. like break it in half or break a little piece of like that's what I like to do. I've been planning on getting the gummies, the gummy ones, because uh, yeah, uh, I I don't like because uh, we do drunken commentaries every once in a while, and yeah. like it sucks because like you always worry about like am I gonna be sick the next day? Yeah. But then yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I can get the gummies, and then I won't have to worry about that. But I would think with gummies, it would probably come on kind of like slow, so like you, it's like you probably just, you like eat more gummies. Oh, it's not hitting me. Oh, it's not hitting me. But, yeah, uh, apparently you, you just yeah they take like an hour to kick in. I so remember, like, yeah, that I'm, scene right that scene right there, real quick, where Bill Gay Fox gets hit by the car. Yeah. Originally, that was going to be where her character died. 
Really? <laughs> the joke was like, oh, yeah, this character that knows is the only one that knows how to kill the hand. And then she dies from a stupid stoner mistake. Yeah, the stoner like stealing the big uh, truck from Jack Noseworthy. Not noticing she's back there and accidentally hitting her. You can see her nips. Big time. This was back she, when Vivica Fox was hot. She's a babe, yeah. She, like, it was weird with her because, like, she went from, like, really, like, pretty and stuff to, like, all of a sudden she just, like, transformed into a grandma overnight, it seemed like. Exactly. I remember when the Independence Day came out, that was, like, her big break. I was like, damn, who is this? Like, the scene where she's, like, all stripping and shit. Oh, yeah. This is a great scene, too. Yeah, I was going to say, this was, like, I kind of forgot about this scene completely, but this is like, actually kind of, like, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, where the hand is, like, um, well, it's, it's attacking the, the, the guy and the girl making out in the car, but the funny part is, because it's Halloween, they're dressed like uh, Gene Simmons, and I think, yeah, Paul Stanley from Kiss, and, like, their makeup's running off, because they're all sweating in the car making out. And it's playing one of the Ace Freely songs, or was it him? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Back in the New York groove. That's what it was, back in the New York groove. And, it, like, see, I, I I still don't exactly, like, do you know how they did that? Like, you saw the hand crawl all the way in the thing, and it, like, crawled down the door. How did they do that without, like, the guy's hand sticking out or whatever? I don't know. I know about the guy that did it. His name's Mark something, I think, and he's actually, like, uh, a big magician in, like, Vegas. So he's really big with, like, sleight of hand stuff. That's but yeah, this, this is the only boobs we see in the movie. Yeah, you get bare breasts here, and like I have to say, like I can't think of any other movie where you wait till the one hour and seven minute mark to get like, if, like if it's a movie that's going to exploit breasts, like I, I I've never seen a movie wait till like the third act to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Apparently, like when the, in theaters, that scene always gets like a because <gasps> people aren't expecting to see the boobies. Yeah. I thought it was weird too, where like like the girl like the hand pretty much chokes, but then the guy like it rams his head over and over into the glass. How would a hand with like no force behind it be able to do that? Like, like they like should have had to be like a spider where it crawled on like the front of his face and like the like like some of the fingers went in his mouth and the other ones like poked his eyes, you know? Yeah, he can like bust out of the fucking microwave really fast, so he must yeah. have some kind of demon. Yeah, he literally p- flew on like his... a string out of the fucking. Yeah, he's got the demonic propel, propeller system, propulsion system. Well, you know, this movie would have been made in the 80s. They would have animated in, like, that terrible cartoon electricity every time he, like, flew across the fucking screen. Hell yeah. The Offspring is on screen right yeah, now. Yeah, I was going to say, the Offspring are in this movie at, like, the height of their popularity. Like, they're mm-hmm. kind of like, I'd say at this point, they're probably, like, a couple years post, like, their initial, like, whatever, gotta keep them separated popularity. And now, like, mm-hmm. they're they're probably transitioning a pretty fly for a white guy era offspring. The weird radio rock days they were on. Yeah, I didn't but, like that. I mean, I was yeah. never that big into them anyway, but, like, yeah, I really got sick of their radio rock days. Jessica Alba's dancing like fucking uh, Axl Rose over here. Yep. In the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. I always laugh at that too. She's like doing the Axl Rose thing, and then her friend goes, "What do you think? What are you doing?" And she goes, "Just thinking." Yeah, and she's doing that weird dance. I will. I will say though, like the 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 gym is like awesome. Like it's like that old like Carrie 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie gym where it's like the back, it's like shaped like in like in a like in a half circle and like the back side of it is just all like windows. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they mentioned on the commentary this is the same gym that they filmed uh, like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie in. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I was gonna say it, it looked just like it. And there was another big movie that's escaping my mind now. This is funny though, because they show up the the zombie friends. Of course, they just think, oh, they're they're dressed up for Halloween, and he's making out with this chick, one of them, and uh, Seth Green pulls him aside, like this is this is terrible. You're you're dead. This is illegal. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, come on, dude, you're dead too. Like, let him have some fun. <sighs> I think it's weird though that like the dorky stoner guys that like the girls probably would never go out with all of a sudden like want to like straight up have sex with them just because it's Halloween and they think they're in a costume. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, oh, you look like a gross zombie. Let me bang you now. Mm-hmm. See, that's what it was like in the movies in the 80s and 90s. It was a, it was a great place yeah. to live in. Yeah. Apparently, I, too, uh, in the original cut of this movie, the guy from Cannibal Holocaust was in the scene. The fucking guy that started out doing porn. And then, oh, uh, Robert Kerman or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was cast in, like, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man scene he was in this scene when he got cut out of the finish wow was he originally the principal or he was somebody chaperoning the dance oh, okay okay that makes sense yeah this is that guy tim stack which i don't know if they casted him on purpose or whatever but he was always playing like goofy comedy parts back then yeah this is funny too the the hand just i don't know if they got a note saying they needed another kill or what but yeah this guy yeah. he's like the principal or something he's just on the phone like doing a phone sex hotline yeah. and he's like <laughs> the hand sneaks up his pant leg and starts checking him off I yeah guess. this does scream of a reshoot because this character has nothing to do with anything <laughs> apparently they did reshoot the entire ending and i'll bring okay. that up when it comes up yeah, I know there was supposed to be like more of like a special effect type ending, like over a hell pit or whatever. Yeah, which is funny because when they reshot the ending, there's a scene at the end where whenever the hand finally dies, uh, Seth Green's character makes a joke about how like, oh, that's it? That was anticlimactic or whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was basically a joke to the original ending, which was like really over the top. It had like the gates of hell opening up and shit. Which I must have definitely rented this or something if that scene's on there. Because, like, when I watched this the other night, like, I thought that's how the movie ended. I totally, in my mind, remember Jessica Alba, like, over, like, on that car lift over a hell pit. But it's totally, it's totally just, like, she might get Mm. crushed by the car. I love this where the the hand sharpens itself. I don't know why. Like, I think it's so fucking cool. And this is the scene that always made me cringe as a kid. Yeah. Ugh. It's It's a great shot. Yeah. It's kind of like how they made the cover of the Screen Factory one, too, with like the super mm-hmm. sharp fingers. Oh, yeah. I so like this, we... too, where he just bumps into her in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, it was just luck. Like, what's the odds? Yeah. Just like the first kid she runs into is the kid it happened to. Yep. Yeah, she totally wants to kill him because, uh, you know, he, he has a possessed hand, but she doesn't realize he chopped off his hand already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah like i guess that was the the thing with the ending is uh people they they did a test screening and uh they always get notes and i guess they ended up like i don't remember if it was a test screening the test screening like they always ask them like with notes at the end like oh what's yeah. something you wanted to see done with the movie like something different and one of the things they added is uh we want to see uh the chick in a bikini 
or something like that, which is why in the the new ending she's in a bikini also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and then uh like uh there was a couple things, but like basically the biggest thing was people were like uh, they they were talking about they didn't think that the ending matched the tone of the the rest of the movie. Like the rest of the movie's like more comedy right. and it had like a more horror ending. More serious. So they basically yeah. So they basically like Oh yeah, let's rewrite it so like uh, like uh, you'll notice just like all of a sudden it gets way wackier than it was the rest of them. Yeah, so the it, it's still kind of like <laughs> does that. Yeah, I, I actually got to go to a couple uh, horror test screenings, cool. uh, and uh, the first one was I saw Slither like way before any of the CGI was in it, so it's like pretty really? much like the acting part of the movie and like the mechanical effects were there. But every time, like, Michael uh, Rooker turned into that big animal, it was, like, literally how you see it on the behind the scenes where it's just, like, little squares and dots moving around. Huh. And, like, yeah, James Gunn was there. Like, I even, like, snuck in a Dawn of the Dead DVD to try to get him to sign, but he was, like, way in the back of the theater, and I never got to fucking talk to him. Like, he was, like, schmoozing with a million different fucking studio people. Was it one of those instances where they originally did it with practical effects, but then went over it with CGI, or was it like no, just no, unfinished? It, it effects? was it was just unfinished as fuck. Oh, okay, like super yeah. unfinished. Um, like I love to see that original fucking uh, cut of like, like I never even I don't even think I've seen the the final f- film, but like Cursed by Wes Craven. Apparently that oh, was yeah, really yeah. fucked up. I That's, heard that got like reshot like three times. Yeah, it, apparently it was really fucked up by test screenings and like. Uh, What's the other one? The uh, the original cut of uh, the Thing prequel, where yeah. they had original like yeah. animatronic effects. Did, did you see the video where the guys released like the original effects and like video and like how much better it looked than like what's actually in the fucking movie? I didn't see any like actual film footage, but I saw like behind the scenes. Yeah, I want to say it's on those guys' page. Uh, if you look on YouTube, I think it's under Studio ADI. They put out some of the footage of the original effects. Like, yeah. They totally, Universal totally fucked that movie up. And yeah. Then, and then, like, because usually when you go to a test screening, like, they don't, oh, here's a great scene. Dexter yeah. Holland. Yeah, he gets his head ripped off. That Like, even though it's totally, like, not possible, like, that's awesome when the hand ripped off his fucking scalp. They mentioned that uh, they only could do that for one take. They could only get the effect, like, wow. set up. They were on sh- such a short time schedule that it's like either it, this works or it doesn't and we just don't use it in the movie. Right. But, like, uh, it's funny. Did you notice that, like, he just has – he's like Freddy Krueger where he just has, like, a thin layer of skin and it's just covering brain. Mm. They both have that Joe Dirt disease where they were born without the top of their skull, I think. Oh, yeah, because there's no bone there. <laughs> <laughs> See, Freddy's lucky. Uh, his hat didn't get infused to his the top of his head. He must yeah. not have had it on that long. It's like, hey, Jesse. <laughs> well, well, like, the, imagine. Well, the, well, well, well Freddy at least has the excuse that he actually really doesn't physically exist. So, <laughs> Yeah. But imagine, like, having that problem. Like, you, your head itches and you accidentally scratch too hard and, like, all the cognitive abilities just you lose it with that scratch. Everything just tears off. It's like. <laughs> yeah, you're a vegetable the rest of your life. Yeah, but test screenings are weird though, because like they don't tell you like um, like what movie you're going to see. They just tell you um, the genre, and they say, "Oh, it's similar to this, this, and this." And every now and like they'll usually say the star if there's like a star, um, like you know, like like John Travolta or who the fuck. But mm-hmm. like I, I think on the Slither one, I think they were just like it's from the writer of Dawn of the Dead remake. Blah blah. I was like, oh, James Gunn. Like that was like the only. But like I had no idea what Slither even was at the time. 
But mm-hmm. the the one case where I did know like what I was going to see, or, like they actually like told you, told you, and mm-hmm. I heard about the movie. It was back when Trick or Treat was like on the shelf for like three years. You remember that? Oh yeah. And like it was weird because like they had a test screening uh, like November fourth. It was like right after Halloween, and it was like. I had known about the movie and known it was done and everything. I think it was like a test screening probably to just try and convince the studio to actually like release it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I went and saw that and like the movie was like done, done. And then it was like, it was like the following year they released it on home video, like in time for Halloween. And like, you know, mm-hmm. I bought the Blu-ray as soon as it came out and stuff like that. And I watched, it, I was like, yeah, the, this, that one was like a hundred percent done when they did the mm-hmm. test screening. Yeah. This is another uh, good kill. It's one that you don't see on screen, though. Yeah, it's kind of like whatever. But don't you think, yeah. Zach? Don't you think test screenings are like fucked up though? Because it's like, like it usually is, yeah. the usually the people go and like they're not like horror fans or whatever, especially for horror movies. Like they're people that just don't give a fuck and just want to see a, a free movie and like. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't get why a studio like. Like, say you're running a studio, right, and you've been doing movie business shit for, like, 20 years. Don't you think you should probably know better than, like, just the idiots that they get at, like, a shopping mall? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, there was a take, apparently, that was cut out of the movie where they made the Die Hard reference as they're going through the uh, tunnel here. The hallways. Yeah, I was thinking of, uh, actually, Aliens when they were doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this part where they're crawling through the air duct and uh, Seth Green gets his bottle stuck. Yeah, apparently there was like a whole other effect planned for this scene that never got shot. Like, uh, apparently that was supposed to like make the bottle go deeper into his head, Ooh. which made like uh, the the cap of it open up and a bunch of blood came out or something. They, they like uh, they did molds for it and stuff, but they just couldn't film it because they were running out of time or something. I was gonna say like I didn't think of the blood spurt now, but uh, like I totally thought they were gonna do the joke of like the cap popping off there. Yeah, they added like a sound effect of like liquid in the bottle every once in a while, which yeah. is kind of funny. Yeah, it, it's uh, just got one of friend. They're trying to like go through the air duct too, and like they're trying to get down through the like the fan that they jammed shut. And then like the hand comes and puts a rope around the one girl's uh, neck, and, and then pulls the shoe out that they used to jam it shut. Yeah. So like, it, yeah, I totally didn't think this was going to happen. Where like it pulls her back up into the fan. I thought it was just going to cut the the rope, but no. Nah. It winds it back up. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, right now we can officially say that Jessica was hot because, because now she's eighteen. Okay, <laughs> was did she turn eighteen when they did the reshoot or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> so like all those scenes where like she walks out of the house with her open uh, nightgown and shit, they're like, oh yeah, this is perfectly fine for a se- for a seventeen year old film. <laughs> Yeah, they were talking about like uh, the scene where Devin Sal was like kissing her and stuff on that scene. They had to have somebody on set to watch, make sure like nothing too. Uh, you grab oh, her ass. Yeah, there isn't nothing like nothing too crazy is being shot for the film. Like nothing too. Uh, I don't know, over the top. Yeah. Just which is which is smart. Which actually, uh, I'm surprised she didn't uh, need a parent or a legal guardian there. To be honest. Cause I mean, she might have. Yeah. Because if you're under 18, you can work only work certain hours too. No, yeah. see, uh, was all, that all was, of a sudden? No, yeah. Well, he gets all inside the, the puppet, but <laughs> was that puppet a reference to something though? Because it looked very familiar. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, apparently, like all these puppets were made by somebody, and uh, they joked like, "Oh, why didn't we uh, make a, a toy of this one right here? Mm-hmm. This goofy looking one." The plastic but, like, one. 
Yeah, all of a sudden the, the hand's more like concerned with like animating inanimate objects. Like I puppets. know. <laughs> Which this actually is pretty brilliant, to be honest. <laughs> it's, so, it's, yeah. it's funny that a high school has like a hand puppet workshop in it, too. Oh, yeah. It's shop. They, they're they teaching them how to make that shit. I wish my shop would have taught me how to make hand puppets. Mm-hmm. I think he bashes them with the ashtray there, or was going to. Mm-hmm. There's zombies come in. Which, like, yeah, like, when I saw this movie originally, I was like, oh, it's Evil Dead 2 ripoff. It's American Werewolf in London ripoff with the dead friends, whatever. But, like, once you get past the fact that, like, this movie is blatantly and shamelessly stealing from other movies, like, then you mm-hmm. can actually really enjoy it. Yeah. See, so, yeah, this is, like, all reshot. Like, now they're in the shop class. She's on top of a car, strapped down. It's getting closer to the ceiling to crush her. See, that's the bikini. Like, we want to see her in a bikini. It's not even a bikini. It's just her clothes got ripped off somehow. Yeah, but it's... Her underwear. But, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, like, Mm -hmm. it's pretty much bra and panties. So, yeah, they were thinking, like, okay, so the first time we, uh, you know, we had uh, the fucking... The gates of hell open up. And originally, like, uh, like, once it's open, like, he saves her. But then, like, okay, foxes are her. She goes, like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, the gate's already open, so it, it can't close until it gets a soul. And so Anton basically sacrifices himself. But it's funny because she goes, oh, it needs a soul, I guess. She, she, she ends up with saying, I guess. So, like, like he, he jumps into the pool to go to hell, but then the gate closes because it didn't need one after all. And then he just hits the, the bottom of the pool. And then it, it goes to the hospital scene, which was always the ending. Right. The actual, like, final scene. But I was like, 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 if I'm, I might be misremembering Zach, but like, early on in the movie, doesn't Vivica Fox, like, say that, like, when it, when it does whatever, like, the gate of hell will, like, whatever, like, shouldn't there have been a gate of hell during this part? I can't, I, like, I'm confused, like, what was supposed to happen here. Yeah, like, uh, I guess they were just like, hopefully no one paid attention. <laughs> yeah, like, from what she was saying earlier, I mean, I could be wrong. Like, I could have just messed up the details. But I thought she was saying, like, they needed to, like, basically have the hand go back to hell or something. You know what I mean? Like, or the spirit or whatever it's in the hand. Mm-hmm. And they kill, they defeat the hand by getting it stoned. Yeah, they blow marijuana into it. Even though he was getting stoned the whole time, he was... Uh, <laughs> And then the eyes, the eyes of the fucking puppet roll back. (laughs) Which I kind of cringe when this happened the other day when like the car lifts up to like the ceiling and her nose presses against it. I was kind of like, man, that looks like it could have really went wrong. (laughs) Exactly. I think they're actually she. The car's just sitting there and they're they're lowering the top. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that would make Uh, sense. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, we. I was thinking like uh, they had somebody sitting on set to watch them while they're filming this i was thinking that was smart like they should have been doing that the whole time this this me too stuff with the kids wouldn't have happened yep i love that where vivica fox throws the dagger to the hand and then goes into seth green that's the most dated cgi right there i think where it kind of poofed yeah the hand yeah the hand itself yeah and i guess i guess the director told him he wanted it to shake like uh the demons and jacob's ladder shake or something Mm. Yeah, I think Jacob's Ladder is the movie, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first one I remember where the demons had, like, the shaky heads and shit that they use in every fucking movie for demons now. 
Exactly. That's the that's the only stuff that's dated to me in that yeah. movie. I think that movie. I, I like. I love every scene of that movie. I think it's a classic. But like, yeah, like the the scenes where you can tell it's just like sped up film of people yeah. shaking their head. Like the the occasional effect where it's like you could tell it's like a dummy and they put yeah. it on like a weird thing and it springs. The, those effects are good, but like the sped up one, because we saw it in every Man on Manson video for a while. Oh yeah, I was gonna say he really brother. Yeah, it's like let's look at uh, let's just get this eight barely eighteen year old girl uh, in bra and panties for this movie. Exactly. That will be the big ending. <laughs> and then they so carelessly go underneath the car <laughs> to make out like. They needed him to get hurt so that it would make sense with the the, the rest of the end. I like how he grabs her butt there. I know. <laughs> Apparently, you... they were talking about how she was really concerned, like, oh, I hope the camera can't see my butt. I hope it's not yeah. framed low enough to see my butt. And then she saw the movie, and then <laughs> she saw that. She was like, the whole shot was her butt, pretty much. And his hand touches her butt. Yeah. I can't remember. Do, do you know, did, did this come out before uh, Final Destination? It did the year before. Okay, okay, yeah. And this was a year before he played Stan in the Eminem music video. Devin Sawa was on a roll for a while, and then he just disappeared. Hell yes, he does a lot of flicks with the uh, our boy Travolta now. Uh, yeah, he did that one. He did with Fanatic. Fred Durst. Yeah. I I saw one that was about the heroic story of the guys who like climb up the electricity poles. I think it's oh, literally called On the Line. Oh. And John Travolta is the hard-ass southern lineman crew. Like, they actually show guys, like, just, like, like it's, like, a dangerous job. Like, I never knew that was a dangerous job, the linemen. Yeah. Like, they show, like, just pretty much guys dropping, like, flies. And then Devin yeah. Saw was, like, the the young, rebellious asshole cadet at the lineman camp that John Travolta has to whip into mm-hmm. frenzy. Then, we officially can't say Jessica Alba's hot anymore. No, because this part she filmed <laughs> when she was 17. <laughs> See, this is funny, too. They went, they, they're angels now. Apparently, they, they filmed this scene twice once where they're wearing their normal street clothes and once where they're wearing like heavenly robes. Okay. And I, I saw footage. See, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, kind of bullshit. Uh, on the new, uh, Blu ray special edition. See, uh, on the original DVD and the, the original... Well, it wasn't on the original Blu-ray. The original Blu-ray had no special features. It was just the movie in HD. But, right. like, it it had, like, the original ending on the DVD. But, like, uh, uh, for the new one, they wrote, oh, it's got de- deleted scenes on the Blu-ray. I'm like, oh, they must have found new ones. But it's just the same one. Just that one. It's they not even deleted. Costume change? <laughs> no, none of that either. Jeez. That was always like back when DVD came out. That was like my biggest like, oh, I hope the movie, the DVD has that. Like that yeah. for some reason, I was always into the deleted scenes. But then like after like a couple of years, it's like, well, they're they're deleted for a reason. I don't need them anymore. Yeah, <laughs> their uh, their angel wings are tiny too. Exactly. This is a good ending. I like how mm-hmm. they played the joke on Anton. It fit the movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Penub. Penub. Seth Green just had a boring ass name, Mick. Yeah, apparently both their names is uh, it came from a Eddie Murphy skit on uh, SNL, where he was uh, that skit where he like plays the guy that sings songs, but he he has like a speech impediment or something, so he says I'm wrong. Oh yeah, it's, it's Buckwheat. 
when he sings yeah. Like, yeah i was gonna say because i i remember when he sings looking for love he said wookum panub in all the wrong places yeah <laughs> i guess they because they, he, he says it like nikki panub or something like that yeah, so they panub. got it from something like that yeah buckwheat do you, do you are you are you too young to even know who buckwheat is zach he was on the Little Rascals, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know what's so weird is like I think I'm about ten years older than you. I guess there was like a resurgence from you know cable TV in the early '80s. Like that shit was actually popular when I was a kid. So people actually like like there was a whole resurgence of Little Rascals and like especially like buckwheat on T-shirts, buckwheat on posters. And it's like how strange it is that like you because like when you see them, especially the early ones, I don't know how many years they made them. When you first see buckwheat, he's like a three year old kid. I'm like, how weird is it that they made money off this fucking poor kid? for like 60 years yeah the only thing my hometown is known for is it's the town that the kid that played alfalfa is from really alfalfa is always cl- my favorite <laughs> that's our only claim to fame and apparently he was an asshole in her life the little kid i can't remember alfalfa wasn't he the one who like died tragically like they all had like tragic stories like they're like i think he was the one who got shot or stabbed in like a diner or something he was yeah, yeah. but apparently there's a bunch of stories on set of him being a, a really mean little kid or something he's probably the one who uh totally uh fucked up uh robert blake in the head hell yeah See, I only know the real wrestle because of the movie that came out in the '90s. Yeah, yeah, like the the redone. And that was weird too. Like in the '90s, they were like trying to remake everything that was like on TV in the '50s and shit. Oh yeah, the president of the United States was in the remake of fucking Little Rascals in the '90s. The movie. Really? Who was crazy? It? To, <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh, he, he was, was in all these. Yeah, he was also Home was, Alone. Yeah, he was like a go-to guy that was just like. <laughs> yeah apparently like i hear a lot of people say he kind of scammed his way into that like uh he just wanted to be perceived as a hollywood guy he wanted to fit in with that crowd but he never did and they never like wanted him to hang out with them or something it was, it, I, I remember yeah I, I don't really get how donald trump became famous in the first place like okay he's a real estate magnate who whatever he opened some hotels whatever and then i remember like there was like a Trump board game in the eighties. I remember seeing it at my uncle's house. He had it like in a spare bedroom, but like nobody ever played it. And it was just like, I don't know how he became famous at first, honestly. Oh yeah. Trump steaks, the best steaks. Oh, he sold steaks too. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Weirdest thing ever. We just watched the whole movie, the credits and all. We did. We did. I was going to ask you, um, what is, uh, Cause like, cause like me and my boy Phil D's back in the day, we thought Devin Sawa was the man. Like when you know when he had his heyday releasing all his movies, what were the Devin Sawa movies that you liked? This one was a big one. I liked Final Destination. Yeah, remember that movie? Like it was like a kids movie. It was directed by the same guy that did like The Rocketeer and stuff. It was like a movie about like three friends that go out to make a nature documentary. Yeah, that I never seen, but that's the Wild America, right? Yeah, I remember watching that one as a kid. Yeah, I remember that one. He was like hunky. Yeah, like I liked him. We were fans of him from this, and especially SLC Punk. You remember he was in that? Yeah, that's yeah. another movie. Yeah. And then, like, kind of like the end of the heyday that I remember, it was a f- maybe uh, maybe two, maybe three years after Idle Hands, he was in that movie Slackers, which was like a really kind of cheap comedy, mm-hmm. but it was actually pretty fucking that, yeah. funny. Yeah. It also had the kid from uh, Pete and Pete, the older brother. He had like the big sideburns. Who was that? Was he like the? Re- there was like a a guy also in that movie that was like. 
He was only on commercials or something, and then they put him in a movie. Like they put him in the movie because he was famous from commercials. I know. Also, was he the, was he the redheaded kid? Yeah, the redheaded guy. Yeah, he, he's the guy from P and P. Oh, yeah. that's the guy. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And then that Jason Siegel guy was in it before he was all grown up, and then Jason Schwartzman was in it too. Mm-hmm. And then there were some girls in it too. The one from the '70s show. I can't remember who the other girl was though. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of want to rewatch that movie. But yeah, anyway, that was Idle Hands. That was actually a good pick, Zach. You oh a good yes, one. that's uh, that that was uh, that's always on uh, like my list of favorite uh, horror comedies, like right up there with like you know Return of the Living Dead. I I can't believe this. Uh, to be honest with you, I can't believe this movie is like over twenty years old. Like I remember, like going to see it like it was yesterday. To be honest with you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you know it was kind of weird too. Like until uh, I put it in the DVD the other day, like for some reason I don't know why. I guess because it just seems like one of their movies. But I always thought this was a New Line Cinema movie, but no, it was Sony. Mm. Yeah, there was a while there. I remember maybe early mid two thousands. Uh, which I never know if I'm saying that right. Early to mid two thousands. Like when I say that, I mean like two thousand to two thousand five. But I, we're technically still going to be in the two thousands for the next eighty years. So yeah, I guess the, I guess now you got to say the early to mid twenty twenties or yeah. something like that. But uh, but yeah, there was a time period where Sony was really uh, seemed like they were targeting youth market for movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about like uh, the whole process of uh, you know test screenings and stuff. That is really weird. Like, because uh, yeah. yeah, they're basically uh, you know somebody writes it, somebody directs it. It's their vision, and then they're like, you know what? It's kind of like saying like, yo, yo Picasso, we we don't like your painting. We're gonna have this guy come and look at it. He's gonna tell you. He's gonna give you some notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's just like I mean. If you work at a movie studio, if you're a president, if you're an executive in charge of production or one of the producers on the movie, and, like, you watch the movie, I mean, by all means, like, like probably like probably you want everybody at the studio who makes movies for a living to watch it, I would think. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, those people, you want their feedback. And even sometimes you'll probably get some dumb opinions there, but just, like... It's like, you know, even like the average fan or whatever, even people who are really in the movies, I don't think they really know what it takes to make a movie better. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, if you give, so, even if they are a fan, if you give somebody, like, the, you know, let them know that you get to decide what's in this movie, they might fucking, they might take advantage of it. They they yeah. might just, like, you know, it, it works the way it is, but, like, I would, you know, i like it better if it did this. Uh, like, yeah. some, sometimes you got to know, like, uh Whenever it's like, oh, my, you know, feedback is needed. And it's, it, sometimes it is, sometimes it ain't. And I think I think sometimes, too, the thing that kind of proves that, that the whole process is flawed is, like, there's some movies, like, I hear all the time, like, when you watch, like, the DVDs or Blu-rays of the, the movies that flopped or whatever, or hear their stories, mm-hmm. you always hear the people be like, yeah, the studio is, like, their highest, like, you know, scored movies since like whatever. Like I remember, I think it was Kevin Smith was saying like when he did Mallrats for Universal, it was some of the highest like test scores they got since like American Graffiti or something like that. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's. I mean, I guess it's cool if you show your movie to a room full of people and they like it, but it doesn't mean everybody's you know, and vice versa. Even if people hate it, it doesn't mean it's actually a bad movie, you know. And that's before, like, you give it to the MPAA and they get oh. to decide what's in your they movie. They get to destroy it, yeah. You ever watch that documentary about the MPAA? 
Yeah, what was it? Uh, was it the guy who made it like Kirby Dick or something? Kirby Dick. This yeah. film is not yet rated. Yeah, uh, it's one that. of my favorite documentaries, and it's out of print. You can't like get it on DVD even. I think it's like really expensive. Did you know that the MPAA, which this is like so dumb, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? The MPAA is not called the MPAA anymore because we want to take, uh, you know, we, we don't want to be uh, whatever. I don't know. We don't want to be a whatever associated with, uh, you know, only being for America. So now we're the Motion Picture Association. It's like, okay, okay, that makes sense. Uh, you don't want to be just tied to America. So what other countries do you rate the movies for? Yeah. Well, well none. Con- <laughs> well, none. Other- we only rate them for America, but I'm just saying. Yeah. You Every idiots. other country has their own rating board. Exactly. Like, you ever buy, like, an Australian DVD or something, and you see that logo that, like, you don't even know what the fuck it means? And you get a yeah. Ger- German one that says, like, FSK on it. You're like, what the fuck yeah. is this? And the, the only requirement to be in the MPAA is that you're a parent. Yeah, and like yeah. there's a there's like a weird sexual puritan thing going on with the MPAA, like uh, a movie where the same thing that happens in a sex scene for one rated R movie will be rated NC seventeen because it's a gay right. couple or something. Yeah, yeah, like a, a gay kiss or something. It's really weird. It is, and like their rules are weird. But like, also, what's weird too is like what I didn't know is like the MPAA, like or the MPAA, I guess now. Uh, their funding is done by the studios, like their operating costs and shit. Like the studios pay, and like you actually have to pay every time you. Uh, I don't know what it is now, but I know it used to back in the day to get to get your film ready, you had to pay like two thousand dollars and all this shit. So I'm just kind of like, if the studio is kind of funded anyway, why don't they just tell them like what to do? You know what I mean? Apparently, yeah. If you're really big, apparently you get a, a phone number where you can just call somebody at the yeah. MPA and say, "Can I get a? Can you just rate it this?" Yeah. Because because everybody was pretty much like in agreement, like uh, like uh, what was it, the last Avengers movie? How the hell did they get a, away with a PG-13 movie yeah. on that or yeah. something? And yeah. also too, like you know, because because you know, because we look back and we watch all these old movies, like all the horror movies that are butchered in the 80s and 90s and now like sometimes i see r-rated horror movies and i'm like well i guess it's just because nobody hardly makes r-rated movies so when you make one now they're like whatever if you want it to be r you can do whatever you want like i can't remember there was a recent movie i was watching and i was like i can't believe this got even r-rated it was so fucking brutal you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised, like, really graphic gore would even tip it to an NC-17. Like, you'd think, like, the only thing that would make it NC-17 is, like, if there's, like, real sex on screen or something like that. Like Ken Park. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, uh, yeah, it's weird. And then, like, uh, you know, there's there's theater chains that won't even, you know, show it if it's NC-17. Like, AMC won't. Like, they're the biggest one. So it's just effectively, like, it's, like, you basically have to take it out or you can't put it in theaters. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. And I remember when AMC like tried to do unrated, and like I think it was Hatchet Two, and mm-hmm. it's like it was like opening Friday unrated Hatchet Two, and I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna go see it because I because I lived at that time close to AMC theater, and like I went to look at the times on Sunday of that weekend, like opening weekend. I was like, oh, it's not playing anymore, and I, I looked up on the internet, and it's, it's like, oh yeah, they pulled it after like a day and a half. A day and a half. What yeah. the fuck? I know. Like, it sucks. <laughs> but we, it, I, I, I oh kind of wish, though, that, like, you know, we still had, like, the neighborhood theaters that only showed, like, one or two movies. Because I feel like you could get away with it there. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. those chains were like, well, what if somebody accidentally walks in after seeing Beverly Hills Chihuahua? You know what I mean? Yeah, then you just, uh, it'll create jobs. Just hire some uh, kids to stay in there all day and check for uh 
Jeff will take it. I got. I got to say, even though you know, I pulled movie theater scams throughout the years and stuff. I mean, not that many, but I have to say, I would appreciate if they really did like have people in the hallways like nonstop. Because like, I used to go to the AMC in Burbank, and it was like whatever it was, like sixteen screens. And I actually quit going to that theater, even though it was the largest theater near me, just because they had a notorious problem with fuckers would just go and like all day long theater hop, theater hop, to where it was mm-hmm. like. You know, first of all, I don't give a shit. If, if if I paid to watch this movie and you're sneaking in for free, I really don't give a shit. But it was, like, so disruptive. I remember I was watching, um, uh, what's that Michael J. White movie, Black whatever, Black Dynamite? Mm-hmm. And, like, this lady yeah. came in, like, some lady with, like, a heavy foreign accent. And she, like, walked in with, like, a bunch of, like, like two or three little kids and, like, let them sit in the theater. And she stood in the doorway, like, taking a phone call. And I just remember her saying over and over on the movie, on the phone, Beverly Hills Chihuahua? Beverly Hills Chihuahua? Like, I was like, who the fuck is that? And, like, literally for, like, 20 minutes, I just had to sit there and, like, you know what I mean? Like, listen to her. And then finally she got done off the phone, gathered the kids up and left. And I was just like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just yeah. it was just constantly that. Or, like, you always see, like, these couples, like, these scumbag couples. Like, a guy and a girl come in. And, like, they, they come in and they look around. And, like... Like, like they're they're like trying to get like still a good seat even though the f- theater is like eighty percent full and it's just like it's like the movie is literally like seventy minutes into it like like get the fuck out of it. like what are you gonna see out of this you know what I mean yeah I remember friends would tell me they would go to the theater and like buy a ticket for one movie and spend the whole day there watching all of them and I, I've never done that yeah yeah my my dad would do it back in the days like like back when multiplexes were really empty and we used to go during the now if you go to the movie during the weekday it's usually still crowded but whatever it was in the 80s 90s like it never was you know like you Mm -hmm. just fucking go whatever and like a lot of times we would just go like watch watch a little bit of something to decide whether we wanted to like come back and see it or something or like if we got if we got to like our movie early we would just watch another movie for like 20 minutes then when our movie started walk over but I, I think the last movie I snuck into uh, that where we did, I can't remember the first movie we saw that, but then we snuck into right when it was starting. We actually was Jury Duty. That was the last movie I snuck into. So I need to buy the Blu-ray to uh, line Polly Shore's pockets again. Because I still oh, was a, Ewing of Jury Duty. Oh, yeah. Here's a fun fact. This movie in Germany is called Die Killer Hand. Oh, Die Killer Hand. Which you think is probably cool, like die killer hand, but I think die just means the killer hand over there. <laughs> Which I've never seen this movie, but apparently Oliver Stone made some killer hand movie called The Hand with Michael Caine. I, w- I wonder if this movie was influenced by that, or just, this was just Evil Dead Two influence. Yeah, we didn't mention that the 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 Penub guy. He was in uh, like uh, the Mighty Ducks and the Butterfly Effect, and then yep. like never seen. Actually, he was in Dumb and Dumber. Er. <laughs> Oh, he was. <laughs> and then that's the last time I remember seeing him. Didn't he play, you may, I don't know if you watched the show, but didn't he play like the annoying lawyer guy on Daredevil? I'm seeing it now, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I never watched that. Yeah, he kind of foggy Nelson. He kind of sucked on that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I wish there was still a place for like these types of movies, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, I'm not going to go as far to say like horror is dead now and it all sucks, but like... I feel like everything now is either serious or it's like foreign, like art horror. I don't, you know, other than mm. like probably like shit that people make on video cameras and stuff. Like you don't see big budget goofy movies like this anymore in the horror genre. 
Yeah, all the horror comedies that come out, like all the ones that you can remember that like made a, a lasting impression, were all like straight to video on demand or whatever. Yeah. Like Tucker and Dale is like the last one I can remember. Yeah, that people really liked. There was like a, a, a kind of. I remember when I worked at the video store, there was like this like cheap movie that like I never heard of, but people kept renting the shit out of. I think it was called like something like uh, Jack Brooks Monster Slayer or something. You remember that one? That was one, yeah. yeah. That that went straight to video. That had uh, what's his name in it? Robert England. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Some pretty good like practical effects. You ever like you ever see a movie called Monster Man? Hmm, I don't think so. I think it came out in like 2000. It was like a straight to DVD, and I remember for like a good like year and a half or so, I would watch that movie almost every day. It was like wow. a horror comedy, but like yeah, it's been so long since I watched. It. I don't know if it still holds up. Where would you watch it on every day? Did you buy it? Yeah, I had yeah. a DVD of it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I just I just know the TV show that was about the special effects guy called that, but I never heard of a movie called that. Yeah, it's about some weird guy that like was, drove a monster truck and was terrorizing some kids. And it had like, you remember Critters Three? Oh yeah. The main character, not uh, not uh, our boy, fucking uh, you know from Leo. From yeah, not Leo, but the uh, the girl in there, she was in that movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the only people I remember. <laughs> you, you know, you know, one movie I've never seen. I remember Fangoria was writing and writing about it, like it was gonna be so awesome. And then, like, it basically, like, never really came out. Was remember that uh, that Uncle Sam movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. I do remember that. Wasn't that made, I, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that made by Bill Lustig, the guy who made Maniac and all that shit? It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder why he wanted to make that movie. Because I remember at the time they were, like, all excited about it. Because I think, like, Isaac Hayes or somebody was in it that, like, died, like, right after they filmed it. Yeah, it was like a, uh, like oh, it's kind of like you know Frosty the Snowman, uh, Jack Frost, and you know movies like that. The fucking you know, remember back in the early '90s or like you know throughout the '90s, like the only like uh, slasher movies coming out were the straight to video ones that kind of had like a comedic bend to them, like you know the Ice Cream Man, and they weren't really taken seriously, but yeah. they were still making slasher movies. The Dentist and Dentist Two, remember that shit. Mm-hmm. Corbin Burnson as the evil dentist. Exactly. Like when they really ran out of ideas, they just started picking like professions. Like, oh, mm-hmm. here's here's a cheap job or a, a job a guy would do, and uh, you know what I mean. I actually like the dentist, the first one. Yeah, I've only seen pieces of them on cable. I need to watch Ice Cream Man. I bought it from Vinegar Syndrome, like just to have the cool cover, and I never fucking same with Jack Frost, and I never watched them. Oh, did you ever see Psycho Cop? Psycho Cop 2. I don't think so. Psycho Cop 2 is a great fucking straight-to-video slasher movie. You gotta watch the uncut version. Vinegar Syndrome put it out. It was directed by the guy that made Detroit Rock City. Oh, Rifkin or whatever his name is? Yeah, he yeah, was going yeah. by. He was going under a pseudonym for certain movies back then. Well, did he make it like way back in the day before he like made like made it big? He talks about on the D, on the Blu-ray, like he wanted to have two movie careers going at the same time, mm-hmm. like one where he would do like kind of movies that he could like uh, kind of branch out with, and then one where he could do like really low budget, like horror kind of movies. He also made a segment for that fake Grindhouse movie that uh, Adam Green put out. You remember that? 
What was the fuck was it called? Chillerama or something? Chillerama, like yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the best uh, segment on there. The sperm it was. It was. I think the most wasted one on there. It was just like, was the gay werewolf. It just wasn't that good. Yeah, I only remember the sperm one. Yeah, it's, the, it's the only one that left. Like I think Adam Green did the part where it was like a Nazi Frankenstein or something like that. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, that part was actually kind of good, but like he was saying, like. Because he couldn't force the other guys to edit their parts down. He had to just chop the shit out of his part, which I don't really get why. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's it for Idle Hands, Zach. It is. We busted that nut. Yeah, yeah we did it. We almost talked uh, separately about other horror movies as much as we did Idle Hands. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? Oh yeah. At least we weren't uh burning at least we weren't uh boring everybody with like coronavirus talk and shit. So <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so I don't I don't know what will be uh up next, but uh we'll have to figure out something to do again soon. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I've been listening like yeah, I've been like the your the podcast has become like my go to. I've been listening through it a lot. Nice. Like at work. And it's been like Fuck, I remember. I forgot about that movie. Like, I forgot about uh, Deadly Friend. Oh, yeah. And I was listening to an episode where you were talking about The Pit for a while. Yeah. I, 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 got the, I got that on Blu ray. And it's been a while since I saw that. That's a good one. Fucking weird movie. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I It's like, you know, because all the shit going on, I ordered it like a month ago. And like a week ago, I got a shipping notice. So hopefully I'll get a copy of that soon. Mm hmm. Everything's yeah. fucked up. Can't get any stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are we gonna get like a refund if we buy Amazon Prime since it's like taking months? <laughs> probably not. They'll probably double charge you. <laughs> probably. <laughs> like you pay, you pay it, and then like your shit don't come. So then they, then they, they're just like, we're just gonna charge you the the regular shipping fee, even though you're supposed to get it free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a bad time to order movies. I had. Screen Factory is the worst. I have two orders that's been sitting there for over a month with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Kino Lorber, which to be fair, there was only one item that was back ordered, and they waited and waited till that came in. So that was like three weeks. I think the only person I bought shit from was this little rinky dink website called Hamilton Book. They had a, they, they kind of have like closeouts on there, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a bunch of like five dollar Blu-rays on there, and they shipped that shit in like four days. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty much that's it. Everybody else, Twilight Time took a, Twilight Time took a while, but I got I got their sh- shit from them. But, uh, oh, yeah, I never gotten one of theirs. Yeah, they're they're, pre- they're, pre- they're pretty good. Uh, they don't they don't do a lot of movies that um, mm-hmm. people whatever. Like I remember when they first came out, like literally all their movies because they're such a, like they're literally like a two man company, so they had to charge like thirty bucks for all their movies. And then after a while, like, they would start them out at 30, and then, like, they would constantly have sales where you could get them for, like, 15, and then eventually they started doing, like, 7 $5 and shit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because they got a real bad rap because everybody was like, oh, I got to pay 30 bucks for Fright Night, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just kind of like, well, aren't you paying 30 bucks for, like, Screen Factory movies? It's kind of expensive. And, like, uh, I've been overspending because I'm just bored sitting at home. But uh, I don't know if you've bought any movies lately, Zach. But the pandemic has uh, a lot of, like, but if you go on BestBuy.com, 
because uh, I got like a five dollar reward and I can't spend it on anything because every movie I look, they're like sold out, sold out. They just nobody's got getting restocked on anything right now. I think the only places even Amazon ran out of some copies of shit I was trying to get. I think mm-hmm. the only people that have shit right now is Screen Factory website has their shit, but it will just take them a month and a half to ship it. So, did you get the uh, the night ninety Twilight Time that everybody was real mad about or something? I I yeah I did, and then later I bought the Australian release that everybody claimed was so much better, and it was kind of like uh, I think I'll just stick with the Twilight Time. <laughs> What was it they did? They 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 like uh, made it all like they corrected it so that it, like all the day shots are like day for night. Well, yeah, yeah. So what it was was the beginning of the movie where they go to the graveyard. It's supposed to be like daylight fading into dusk, and supposedly because because here's the thing that like nobody wants to like whatever is they had the the cinematographer there, and he's like, oh, we can finally do it because originally they were going to like time it down to where it looked like that but they like ran out of money or they didn't give them control or whatever so like Mm -hmm. yeah so i think they did go a little overboard because it looks kind of artificially blue and especially like the rest of the movie like kind of has a bluish like you know how like james cameron all these guys like they go back and they redo the new transfer and they always do it like Mm -hmm. either orange or blue it is like that but i will say one thing you can't really go by the screenshots like Cause like when I first got that disc, like I, I mean, it's, it's very evident, like what they, whatever, like what they did, but it was like the, the DVD and also the Australian version that has like the original bright ass hot where you can see them sweating in the daylight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That that print has a bunch of like speckles and print damage and shit on it, so like that's why I kind of don't like to watch that. But the Twilight Time one, it seems really bad. When you first, like, when I first got it and I watched it on a 1080p plasma, I'm like, oh, yeah, it kind of does look unnatural. Like, I don't think there's one great release of that. But when I got my 4K TV, when I put it on there, because a lot of people don't realize that, like, 4K TVs, they have a wider color gamut. So, like, mm-hmm. it can read every single thing that's on the disc. It's, like, a lot more, um, like, it's still obvious, but it's a lot less, like, super blue. Like, if you look at the screenshots everybody took of it and, like, is online, that's not really how it looks on your TV. Like, it looks yeah. kind of like that, but it's, like, and, oh, my God, like, I, I like those were some, when I was doing Hillbilly DVD reviews, I did an unboxing, and then a review of it talking about the controversy. I got so much fucking hate mail on that. And I got so much hate mail on uh, Fright Night came out too when people are like, "How dare they charge you charge me thirty dollars for me? I'm not doing it. I'm just like, what? I mean, mm. just don't buy it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. It, I, another thing that sucks too is, um, you know how there's always the fabled uncut version of night 90 it's like mm-hmm. all the shit is like dead like whatever destroyed like all the shit that they had to cut out like nobody's ever found a film you know the film strips of like all the shit savini shot so it's like that's why nobody's tried to do on rated version because you just have to have like half the shit just be like vhs tape you know what i mean mm-hmm. which kind of sucks because that is one movie i would love to see the original unrated cut of but there was a lot of weird shit with them. You ever hear that shit Savini talk about Night 90 where he talked about the they lost like half their budget because the producer literally embezzled the money? I have heard about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some crazy shit. So, yeah. So, I guess that's it for Idle Hands. Uh, we'll go back into the laboratory and we'll, we'll hopefully come up with something good to watch again good for you guys. 
hopefully you guys are staying sane the way we are checking out flicks nonstop. So what was your most recent quarantine watch, Zach? Um, I've been watching all the, the Joe Bob stuff on shutter. I'm caught up now pretty much. Yeah. I just, I just got started. I just got shutter like two weeks ago. So I went back to the beginning but it sucks that a lot of the episodes are missing because they don't have the rights. Yeah, the yeah, that sucks. Yeah, there, there's one that I missed from season one. Yeah, uh, the stuff was one. Yeah, yeah. I just finally got the Blu-ray of uh, Prom Night because I never really liked that movie, but then I was kind of like, eh, I kind of want it because I like Jamie Lee Curtis. And I watched it again. I'm like, I kind of like this movie now. <laughs> Oh, really? Because it's just disco. Like, nobody gets killed until, like, the last 20 minutes of it. Like, it's weird like that. And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. it's just literally all these kids, like, getting ready for a prom. And then everybody dancing for, like, 20 minutes to disco music. And then, like, the last, like, 20 minutes is, like, a slasher movie. <laughs> I kind of like how weird it is. I remember, like, seeing it, like, on, uh, like, Synapse did a Blu-ray of it. And yeah, I was like, it I actually got. looks like an actual movie now. Because, yeah. like, before it was always, like... Uh, yeah. Like a full frame rip that looked like yeah. came off VHS or something. Yeah, I think I had like rented the DVD way back when. That's how I originally saw it. And I was like, this movie is like a $5 piece of shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when you see it now and it's like you see, you get the surround sound of the shitty disco music, it's actually fun to watch. So, mm-hmm. All right, guys. We'll say sayonara. Zach's going to load up his... his uh, his weed bong. He's got the replica of the carburetor. You see that muffler bong they had at the end of the <laughs> Mighty Joe bong. Mighty Joe bong. That's what it was. Yeah. So we'll, we'll smoke it up here in the graveyard. We'll dig up a few more corpses. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Zach have his pick of which ones he wants to molest first. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next time, check out our old episodes. Leave us a review. Go over. If you need something else to listen to, listen to... Uh, Good old uh, The Revival House Network. Also, uh, Mac and Zach Save the World. Oh, yeah. All right. BTM. BTM. You guys have like 50 different names. I never know exactly the right way to plug it. Yeah, Revival House, that's the it's the network everything's under. Yeah. yeah. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Revival House Network. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that's your guy's uh, promo guy. That's how he does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Till next time. We'll see you soon in the movie graveyard. Dog. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.